Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, welcome back. As, thank you for joining us as we take an antique duck decoy to the Antiques Roadshow to see if it's worth millions. Ooh, I'm Elaine. I hope it is. I'm Carly. I think you did that one already. I did not. I'm John. <clears throat> I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these movies on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, we can give these films a second chance. Today's pick on the podcast is Elaine's pick. The Three Musketeers. Which woo, one? Woo. 2011. Yeah, so it's been a bunch of these. There has been a shit ton. Are we going to do a thing, your favorite Three Musketeers movie at the end? Mm, I don't know no. that I have a favorite. I know you have a favorite, but I don't know that God I have a right. favorite. Until yesterday, I had never seen any. Really? Yes. Any? Any. Like You've never any. seen the Disney? How about the Three Musketeers? I don't think so. Mouse, good. You've never seen the one with Kiefer Sutherland and Oliver Platt and Chris O'Donnell and Charlie Sheen? Oh, you need to see that. You need to check that out and find out what the manly (laughs) art of wenching is all about. It's John's favorite Three Musketeers. It may be. It definitely is. (laughs) It so is. (laughs) It's real good. It's not that, you know, we'll get to this movie, but that movie is just fucking gold. It's really, really good. It's really funny. It's got Charlie Sheen, so it's winning. Oh, I don't necessarily believe that, but Tiger <laughs> for Blood. now, I'll take But this movie, this movie came out in 2011. With the guy from the movie. With the, and um, it was directed Percy by Jackson. Paul W.S. Anderson, who also directed Death Rate, or Death Race Rate. The remake with Jason Statham? Yes. A, uh, AVP, Alien vs. Predator. Resident Evil, Event Horizon, Mortal Kombat. The first Resident Evil? Yes. Oh. He directed three of the Resident uh, Evils, and he was produ- listed as producer on some of the on the others. So he's been involved in every one. He's also I'm been involved, involved in all of the death, the re- like their sequels to this Death Race movie. Yeah, there are. He's been involved in all of them, either as a director or a producer. See, in Hollywood, they just slap your name on there if you're not involved. I learned that from watching the TV show Entourage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't actually have to do anything, and they'll give you credit. Well, and give you I'm some just money. saying, he's been involved in some some pretty, some things I've liked. AVP, I find that enjoyable. This is like finding Moses. Resident DVD Evil, collection. I watched that movie. It's Best on line TV. In that movie. Mortal Kombat, everybody loves that movie. The first one. Yes. Yeah. Event Horizon. The second one, they were like, "Wow, let's fuck it up." <laughs> Event Horizon, creepy. I'm probably going to show up eventually. Yeah, you keep threatening say, it. I say, Tony, mention it. It was written. There were three. Um, people listed as writing credits one of them was the uh alexander dubas who wrote the original who's credited with writing the original, original Musketeer, yeah. yep mm-hmm. and then two gentlemen alex litvale whose only other screenplay credit is predators from 2010 which mm. i don't know that i've seen that i didn't hate it it was it was interesting Tober- it's the one where they they start and they're just fucking parachuting, and they don't know what's going on. And then when they land, they're like, "What's going on? Who are you? What's this? What's, what's happening now?" Yeah, mm-hmm. Tover Grace was in it. I'm kind of want to see that because it, I don't think that I've ever worth seen a watch. That. Are you that much of a fan of Tover Grace? Yes. Well, then you should watch Ocean's Twelve. I'm we also have, we oh, have learned that she is. <laughs> I'm also a pretty big fan of Predators, so uh, oh, yeah. well, the Predators uh, series. So you know, I'll give even Predator Two. The other gentleman who's on the who's credited as a writer his name is Andrew Davies 
He was involved with, he wrote the Bridget Jones's Diary movies. Oh, uh, uh, no. The Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice miniseries. What? Oh, Best thing ever. That Mr. He Darcy. did episodes of both the U.S. and the U.K. House of Cards. He's done, he's a huge British TV writer. Like, all kinds of crazy miniseries and television. And these guys, Predators, Pride and Prejudice, they don't <laughs> seem like they go. How about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Was he involved next? It seems Pride like right and Prejudice alley. and Predators? No, and Zombies. That Pride was and Predators. No. That would be a thing. But, so he's, so Millions that's that. Prejudice. Mm. This movie... Um, the IMDb got a 5.8 out of 10 audience score and a 35 uh, Metacritic score. Okay. And the Rotten Tomatoes, a 39% audience score and a 25% thermometer. Wow, that's pretty low. I thought that'd be higher. I it's saw it very and I was like, low. Oh, what is she making me watch? It's very <laughs> low. Um, the budget was $75 million and they grossed worldwide $132 million. That's probably not going to get you there. So, but I mean, so I mean, it made money. You know what I always liked about the Three Musketeers storyline? That it's like a prequel, you know, for Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Have I you like seen that, that movie. Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. This is a prequel. <laughs> okay. So. I saw that in the theater when it was new. All right, well, if you if you feel the need to watch that again, if you feel the need to watch that again, you know you go back and go, oh, some D'Artagnan. Some key actors in this version of the movie: um, Matthew McFadden plays Athos. He played uh, Mr. Darcy in the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice movie, which Carly hates, but I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Is it because of Kira Knightley? Well. Partly, partly because if you're not familiar with the story, that movie doesn't make any fucking sense. It's so short. <laughs> they cut out so much important uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she has very similar... The books were better. What? The miniseries was better. <laughs> because the miniseries covered like yes, the whole the book. book. Yeah, the book is wonderful. Okay. Um, uh, Mila Jovovich... Welcome returning, back to the podcast for the third time, I think. Yep, as Milady de In Winter. <laughs> she was... Yep. She's really knocking at the park. Um, Luke Evans plays Aramis, who played uh, Bard in the Hobbit movies and was Dracula in Dracula Untold. I quite enjoyed. And he was him. also Fast and the Furious Seven. Yeah, he oh, was yeah, in. He was. he was in a couple of Fast and the Furious movies. As he Shaw. was in Eight too. Yeah. Well, there's two Shaws. There's I know. Decker, never mind. I know. <laughs> the younger brother, um, Jason Statham's little brother. Jason Statham's little brother. But uh, I quite enjoy Luke Evans, and I don't think that... I I like him, and I mm-hmm. wish he would get more work. I like him, too. I thought he was really good. In this. Also, returning to the podcast, Ray Stevenson as Porthos, who we've we previously saw as Dagonet in King Arthur. Mm-hmm. Not the only person in this movie who was also in King Arthur. Who else? Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who plays Rochefort, was also in oh, King yeah. Arthur. Oh, yeah! And... Um, who else? It I don't know why I had to yell that, but <laughs> and I was very excited about the it. The gentleman that we see in uh, Cagliostro, who is the gentleman that interrupts them when they're breaking into Da Vinci's vault, played by Teague Schweiger, was also in King Arthur. So, um, as the bad guy's uh, son, the incompetent son of the bad guy in King Arthur. Um, all right, so returning to my list, mm-hmm. we have Logan Learman playing. D- D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. Who also played Percy Jackson. Yep, that's what I know He's the lightning thief. That's where I know him from. And then we have uh, Christoph Waltz playing Cardinal Richelieu. From Glorious Bastards. Bastards. Huh? He looked familiar. I haven't seen him. He's in a bunch. He was also in... He was in in Hateful Eight. 
Django, the Django Unchained. Django, it's just Django. The Whatever. D is silent. Django. Oh. The Django. Well, he, he's done a lot of movies with Quentin Tarantino. He he's was in the Green Hornet. Spectre. Yeah, he was. He was in the. He You've was, seen him. I've yeah, made, I've, I've seen made him. You he was stuff. in those James Bond movies. I can't stay awake to see. Um, he's people <laughs> seem to like him. I can take him or leave him. Uh, Orlando Bloom. As the Duke of Buckingham, <laughs> chewing up scenery left and right in this movie. Uh-huh. Just fantastic. I love him. I'm glad to see he's still getting work. Um, <laughs> and then I have one honorable mention here. Uh, Juscat, Just, Just the blonde guy that's like Rochefort's henchman. Mm-hmm. He uh, is played by a gentleman named uh, Carton Norgard. And that gentleman played Wolf the Dentist Stanson in Mighty Ducks 2. I was going to say that. <laughs> and I just was so excited when I checked his IMDb that I was like, holy shit. But it's the only thing I know that guy in, so I was excited to say it, but Elaine stole my thunder. Oh. All right. Well, John, what did you think going into this movie? I thought, oh. <laughs> That's it. A whole vowel. Succinct. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, I've seen this. It's really fucking weird. Like, they take some liberties with the uh-huh. source material. Yeah. No. Like, by a little, I mean, a lot. Like happened. I just can't like, wait to hear wait, what Carly has to say about this bonkers <laughs> thrill ride. Tony? Um, I remember seeing this somewhere, and uh, for some reason I can never remember this movie. I think it's because I've seen a few of these three Musketeer movies, and I get them confused. But I was like, cool, I, I'll watch this again. And Carly, I wrote... It's probably going to be a kind of silly but fun movie. I've never seen a Three Musketeers movie, but in my head, they're all kind of silly, fun movies. <laughs> the good ones are. Some now, of them, there's a couple that are real serious. They're snooze fests. You know, those are kind of boring. Now, were you familiar <laughs> with the premise of the Three Musketeers? Because it's one of those old stories. I don't know if you ever heard of anything. Yeah. Like, you familiar with the story? A little bit. Okay. Probably not as much as you would like me to be. <laughs> okay. Well, this is one of those stories that I don't think I've ever not known because it's just really, really old. Well, I'm going to tell you some some give you a couple reviews oh, okay i'm gonna eat gummy bears this first one is a 10 out of 10 written by on the money they say surprisingly fun and action-packed and having just caught the chris o'donnell version on cable this weekend i've got to say i'm glad they updated it exclamation point there is more humor, more action, and it just looks bigger than any previous effort. Casting is rather interesting with a great number of solid actors playing the roles of the Musketeers themselves. And Mads Mikkelsen is such a badass. I would have liked to have seen more of him. Both Orlando and Mila are quite a lot of fun and definitely add a little bit of needed glamour and sex appeal. Yes, I recommend it 100% to anyone looking for a good, fun film. I picked that one just for John. Okay. Because well, we know because he loves the Chris O'Donnell version. Look, if you once you watch the Chris O'Donnell version, it's infinitely quotable. If you were to say, pick your favorite line, I don't think I could do that. Of course I can. It's where were you? Take care of something ugly. <laughs> uh, no, the best line in that movie is Come, D'Artagnan, we're right, saving the, the king. king. See, there's no lines like that in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Porthos is just can't do it. All right. So All right. <clears throat> stole your thunder. You did. This <laughs> other this other review I have was written by Liam Lacey of the Toronto Globe and Mail. And Mail. Yeah, M-A-I-L. Like, mail as in post. I thought, you, no, I was thinking mail as in, like, a dude. <laughs> and he, all the borderline pantomime acting and wigged buffoonery is deliberate and silly, but the Three Musketeers remains charmless, 
a rump brought down by its lead-footed script, and the dialogue wavers between the unamusingly anachronistic and a painful attempt at courtly banter. (laughs) It doesn't help that Lerner never seems anything other than bland suburban never seems anything other than a bland suburban American teen or that his love interest, the queen's maid Constance, seems wooden even before she gets tied to the prow of a ship. The trio of British actors who played the Musketeers are a brisk, reasonably appealing lot, though they barely get enough screen time to know them. As the film's conclusion makes clear, that oversight is intended to be readdressed in the sequel. No thanks. In this case, one for all will do. Oh. All right, so he two gave things. that a 38 out of 100. So two things about that. One, I never pick a review where there's a word I can't say. <laughs> and two... I don't always I disagree with both of your reviews. I don't always know I can't pronounce a word until I try to pronounce it. Mm. That happens. You should probably, you know... Yeah. Thanks for your critique of my reviews. <laughs> review, yeah. I'm, I'm going to review your review of her critique. Okay, good. Now, it started out strong, mm-hmm. but it got a little harsh at the end. <laughs> what did you think of my review of his review? <laughs> it was constructive. I thought it was on point. <laughs> it was constructive. Okay. There's definitely right. a lot of good stuff in there. All right. I feel we're off to a great start here. This is, this is a good podcast. Speaking of off to a great start... So oh, we're probably gonna start with the movie. I thought she was something else. <laughs> so she looked down, like really? With something this else? This movie opens with the voiceover about Louis the Thirteenth coming to power after his father had been assassinated. By who? Well, they don't tell us, but it's well, it's presumably the British, because yes. But. Um, about how Cardinal Richelieu is plotting in secret to seize power, mm-hmm. how Louis and his queen have no allies and they're surrounded on all sides, and that war is coming to France. And then we get. Only a few men can prevent the coming apocalypse. Title card. Three Musketeers. You know they can't see the hand movements. And she's sprinkling the fairy dust. Don't I know. Stop. <laughs> I'm trying to get you hyped up for this. I don't get hyped. I stay hyped. <laughs> I don't know why you have to. But Sometimes I need her to help me get hyped. Oh, okay. You need to get, okay. <laughs> I, I actually went to work today. <laughs> I went to work today? I was the last one who got off. Like, I'm still wearing work clothes. (laughs) Like, what you need to be asking is, why are you still wearing a tie? (laughs) Because you look dapper as well. I do look dapper. I also went to work today and came home and took a nap. So I'm trying to to hype myself up as well. Because I'm still sleeping. Well, tell me, what's going on with Porthos and Aramis? So the little voiceover pretty much tells you all you need to know about the Three Musketeers story, too. Is that Louis is a king with no real power. That they're... Cardinal Richelieu is plotting to overthrow him, and that the Duke of Buckingham and the Duke of Buckingham in England are closing in to possibly declare war. And right there, you know. All right. But nothing on how the Musketeers fell <clears throat> out of favor. But we'll no. Get, like there was like a throwaway line, but we'll get to that. All right. So we start with Venice, Italy, and we see a soldier guarding a building, and then we see a scuba diver. Which lets you know immediately that this is going to be a steampunk alternate reality version of, <laughs> well, of this well, historical I knew that when the story. Dagger flew out of the water into the guy. I was like, Ew. wow. <laughs> it's when you first time I saw this, I went, wait, what? Just this lets like, you know. At first, I was like, wait, is this like Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio? They've like updated it but kept the story. <laughs> then you're like, oh no, they're just way the fuck out there. Okay, <laughs> this is one of those. Right. Just having a good time. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. definitely a fantasy steampunk version of a beloved classic, mm-hmm. which makes it uh, 
Very interesting. Make for some very interesting scenes. Van, Van Helsing-esque. <laughs> yes. What I like about those kind of things is you know right off the bat, so you don't have to try to take the movie too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're letting you know right off the bat, this guy's scuba diving in like 14-something. So we're way out there. <laughs> yeah. So don't try to, don't analyze the movie, just have a good that time. That this shit is going to get insane. Yeah. It's one of those hold my beer, check the shit out kind of moves. So <laughs> we get more soldiers, and then Athos, he comes out of the water, he's unveiled, and then there's like a a color drawing of him and it says Athos. <laughs> and then we have Milady introduced, helps kill some people. Then there's some kiss and then they They make she, out. Well like she pulls hard. like a gun on him and he pulls a knife on her and then they make out mm-hmm. and then she's introduced as Milady. Milady de Winter. She is a snazzy dresser. I just mm-hmm. wanna say all of her outfits are fantastic. Yep. She probably had so much fun doing this. <laughs> I don't know. They, look like, they, they were probably heavy. Yes. Because dresses back then like that were heavy. That's true. Then. Ever try to breathe in a corset? Next, we see yes. a shadowy figure. <laughs> Clearly, you've never been to Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we see a shadowy figure standing on the top of a building praying. And we get a gondola with a gentleman and a lady. Let me make some air quotes. She's and a lady. lady. Is a tramp? Is one and of the nurses and called the midwife. I know. I, I was like, ooh. She's billed as, <laughs> she's billed as blonde. Mm-hmm. And Tony, what's called the midwife? Uh, this show they talk. I don't know. It's it's a show I love that Tony won't watch. No, I watch it with my, co- I cover my eyes. <laughs> While you read a book in the yes, other room. With earphones in. Um, so, uh, so the shadowy figure drops into the gondola, beats up this dude, uh, steals a key. And then hits on the girl. And we see... I've got ten minutes. Aramis. <laughs> and he says, I'm not a priest. I'm not really and a priest. And she says, I'm not really a lady. And he says, I've got ten minutes. And they have it's a little good. fun. They have a little, little ten minutes. I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Then we see a gentleman who we all recognize from King Arthur. Porthos the pirate. Porthos the pirate. He's captured Porthos. by another gentleman that we all recognize from King Arthur. <laughs> Kellogg's... Khalid, Khalid, Khalid. Yep. Tig Schweiger. Um, and Caliostro? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Cagliostro. 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 It's my Italian. Let is it go. Shit. Just let it go. Um, John Scaglietti. John. <laughs> so, I this. You want a fresh one? Cagliostro <laughs> is interrogating him, asking where his friends are, and. To, and taunting him for being captured. And Porthos comes back with, You didn't capture me. I captured you. <laughs> and the guy laughs. He's like, what are you talking about? And then he escapes. No, he rips the chains out of the walls. Because he's chained up. And he's attached whipping to everyone like up. the cinder blocks. <laughs> and now he's using those as weapons. And he wraps it around the guy. <laughs> and then says key. And we got a graphic. Yeah. Porthos. But doesn't call him his proper name, Porthos the Pirate. He's wow. famous, you know. Yes. I'm going to need you, John. Hmm? I'm going to just stop the podcast right here. Should we pause it? No. I need, you to, I need you to try really hard to only reference this Three Musketeers movie. Well, he's Ooh. famous in this movie, too. I know, but I'm just going to need you to do that. Because if you don't, it's going to be super confusing for all of our listeners, like Carly, who've never seen any Three Musketeers movie. But, but I was about to break into the Musketeers your- song. Because you're going to have your Oliver Platt and your Ray Stevenson Porthos overlapping, and they're going to be very confused. That's a good point. So I'm going to need you to try really hard to focus to down dial on it this in. one. Just dial this that shit one. in. Okay. 
I since the it. podcast has stopped. I want to give a shout out to 12 Chimes It's Midnight, another podcast that has been very stewed into all of our episodes. Awesome. Awesome. Liking them and talking about them. So thank you. So hey, there friends you out there, give them a listen. All right. So all four of our characters meet up in a hallway, and it turns out this is Da Vinci's secret vault. It's not so much of a secret, but it was his dad. And they used the three keys that they've gotten. Milady got one. She pulled one out of her bosom. She pulls a lot of things out of her bosoms. Hot cha cha. Although then, the one she pulled out looked like it was a square. I don't know how comfortable that was. Right. <laughs> she doesn't really have a very big bosom either. Uh, so. Yeah, we've seen her bosoms recently. <laughs> <laughs> They're not huge. Like very recently. She does not have but heating bosoms. But in these bosoms. dresses, they, the corsets. They, yeah, there's plenty. Those are like pockets. They push the girls together. They yeah. want them to look like heaving bosoms. <laughs> she don't have any heaving bosoms. No. But great nipple placement, though. Okay. So uh, they use the keys to, to open some locks in the floor, which opens a secret passageway. In fucking Venice. Down into the vault. Athos tries oh, yeah, to... in Venice. In fucking yeah, Venice. Yeah, that doesn't really work. <laughs> well... That's the part that doesn't make me... Well, Athos, Athos tries... Okay scuba diving. <laughs> hey, wait, isn't Venice, like, flooded? Yes. Yes. Well, it'll come in handy in a minute. But Athos tries to leave Milady behind, and she's like, what is wrong with you? And goes first. <laughs> and then they get to this long hallway, which the Porthos is going to walk down, and Athos is like, no, no, wait, and throws a dagger, and we see it sets off these booby traps. So then they start... <laughs> she said boobies. <laughs> so then they're discussing how to get through this trapped hallway, and Milady's just like, fuck this, and runs down yeah, it at full speed. She barbarians that shit. She's yeah, like, she I does. I take the damage. You also, hear the, you also hear the predator growl. <laughs> next time you next time you watch it, the predator. I, I was like, okay. But <laughs> the predator like, here. Shit. What's funny about that is this wouldn't work. <laughs> no. Well, like, no. she runs really weird. Like she yeah. kind of just power walk jogs through it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, what? And then like falls down it? and like kneels, does like the power slide. Slides, yeah. Well, it's because she's Mila Jovovich, and this is. I mean, if well, if it was what's her name from uh, Resident Evil, I'd buy it. But no, Lady De Winter, Alice. Thank you. I think part of the. Part or of the Lilo point, Dallas could do it. <laughs> I don't know if this role was written for her or if they adapted some things once they cast her. I'm sure it was written for her be- uh, because they had worked together on so many films. But I think that they did these sort of stunts just because just it her? was her. Like, Kind of like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. He does his own stunts. They're always crazy. It's part of what you look for in those movies. So you see Mila Jovovich, you think there's going to be some fun action stunts. Except for when you see her in... Um that 70s movie there. What? You know what I'm talking about, Tony. Yeah. No. The 70s movie that Mila Jovovich was in with Matthew McConaughey. I don't remember. It's called Dazed and Confused. Oh, oh, fuck, yeah. I keep forgetting she's in it because she's in it for two seconds. I don't even know if she has any speaking to her. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Ben uh, Affleck's in it more. Yeah. Ben Affleck's ben, in it more. Ben Affleck <laughs> sideburns. <laughs> ben Affleck sideburns get more screen time than Mila Jovovich in Dazed and Confused. My favorite Tertiary object in that movie? All right. So they're searching through Da Vinci's plans, looking for, they don't really tell us, when more guards arrive. And oh no, they're trapped. Then Milady says, I find it. I found it. And then she says, the war machine. All like. And you can see it looks like a Zeppelin. Yes. Which doesn't say war machine to me, but I'm obviously wrong. We'll get back to that later. Da Vinci wouldn't have called it that because he was Italian. It would have been something else. He didn't speak English. You're right. So right. Way to bring logic into this film. 
And I got a question here. If this is Leonardo da Vinci's vault, uh-huh. why are you discarding so many things? There's probably a bunch of really cool shit in there. I know. He, he made a took, robot. Yeah. They only took one thing, and then, because they were trapped, because there's no way out, Athos has a backup plan to escape and takes out a bomb. It's Jimmy Walker. Dynamite! He takes out a bomb, some dynamite, hits it on the ceiling, and floods the compartment with the canal. You know what that'll do? So, that'll kill you. That will ruin everything. That will ruin everything. And so all those like other, that, a Never mind. So oh. all those other great plans and all this other really re- unique stuff destroyed. Yeah, this is Da Vinci's vault. There's probably some really cool also, shit in there. Let's discuss. And some should we discuss paintings, the wave of water that comes up from downstairs and fills that hallway where Cagliostro is waiting? Yeah. <laughs> That's not what would happen. No. <laughs> Because that's above the waterline. So it's just batshit crazy. But and I love you can how tell he runs. This whole opening <laughs> sequence. But he's got the best run in the, in the business it right w- here. It wouldn't have been as exciting if it just kind of bubbled up to the top and he's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're dead. Bubbled up from the top with like a scroll swirling yeah. in a circle. <laughs> would have been cool if that one was of a robot. See, that would have been a better scene. All right. Because you made a robot. Freak people out. This, was, this movie was filmed in 3D. So, was it? Yes. Okay. So you that could see how the water would be. Some of these scenes would be really cool in 3D. Like that scene where she goes down the hallway and the balls, the mm-hmm. yeah. studded ball things. Yep. That was probably pretty cool. They were coming right at you. Yeah. We should have watched it in 3D. Well, we don't have a 3D capable television. All right. Well, there goes that. Fuck it. Move on. <laughs> and you also, you hate 3D. I do hate 3D. Me and Cross will go see movies in 3D, but John will not come. Because no. He does not like 3D. I don't do 3D. I hate 3D no. too. <laughs> I don't mind it. So we're all going to go watch it in boring It's the same 2D. price at the dirt mall for the matinee. So me and Cross go see things in 3D. Um, so we get to our next... About it. <laughs> so we get to our next scene, and they're having a celebratory drink. But oh no, Milady has spiked the wine and has betrayed them to Buckingham. Dun, dun, dun. And in comes Orlando Bloom as the Duke of Buckingham. Colabos? Colabos? And holy fucking shit. Buckingham is a fucking fancy Nancy. <laughs> fancy Nancy. Um, excuse me. Well, of the time period, they were that's that was elegant. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. No, but he was he like, was wearing high heels. No, he was very <laughs> fancy and very swarmy and just yeah. Orlando Bloom chews up the scenery in every scene he's in. He's playing this fantastic. I really enjoy. Isn't it. he's beautiful? Well, he is beautiful, but he's just playing this sinister weirdo for all he's worth. And um. Then uh, she, uh, so she, he said, Buckingham says to Athos, don't worry, I won't kill you. And uh, he says, let me give you some advice. Trust no one, especially women. You'll live longer. And then uh, they leave together. Oh. And then we get uh, one year later. I love the one year later. We get to gen- we get a young guy getting a sword lesson. Oh, it's from his dad. It's a sword fight. We don't know it's a lesson until the end. Well. It's kind of... No, go ahead. You see a sword fight. Turns out it's a lesson from a father to a son, which is weird because I thought Tardanian's dad was supposed to be dead, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, he's dead in every other version of Three Musketeers except for... But in this version, his parents lovingly see him off to a great adventure to Paris to become a musketeer. I love the advice the father gave here. Get into trouble. Fight. Love, live, make mistakes. Yeah. It's terrible advice. He takes it to heart. 
It's yes, very terrible like, advice. <laughs> this is terrible advice. No, that's good advice. In 14th I mean, century kind France, of like, live. You Look, know. in 14th century France, you were expected to live to about I don't know 30. <laughs> he's already half <laughs> middle aged. He's but, like 20 here. <laughs> he's well, on the, he's on the downslope. <laughs> but get into trouble, make mistakes. Those seem like that's bad advice, especially in medieval France. Where get into mm. trouble, you could have your hand cut off or head. murdered. No, the word you're looking for is head. Hand would be the Middle East. Well, it's not a Muslim country. That's what they do in Muslim countries for stealing: is cut off your hand. More likely to off with his head. This is the guillotine. I know, but he could lose his hand head. or be horse whipped or go to the guillotine or catch like TB or go to prison <laughs> or the dreaded flu Sit or the gets. dreaded flu would kill you back then. Well, yeah, the flu can kill you now. <laughs> That's true, that but not. True. But it's less likely. I mean, some mistakes will give you syphilis, and then you'll go crazy. I mean, you can get the herpes, and that shit sticks with you like luggage. Well, this was before they could treat your syphilis, so you all went insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you Could've know. Could have got the weird stuff. So, this is not great advice. This is good advice now. No, it's not. But it's not great advice now. No, then. it's not good advice now. Now there's YouTube. You'll be all over that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to worry about that back then. So guess what? It's never been advice. <coughs> uh, some of the, Then we get a scene three days later. So he, his father gives him his sword, and then he's off to Paris. His mom gives him a horse. Yeah, Buttercup. buttercup. And I immediately thought of... Um, Princess shit, Buttercup? Bride? No. That's what I thought The movie with... Uh, shit. Uh-huh. With, yeah. With a, they gave the cor- the horse to, and what's his name? Buttercup. Butternuts. And he's, oh, shit, I can't remember his name. Dirty, not Dirty Deeds. Um, no one else with Dave Chappelle. Half Baked. Oh, oh. All the movies about weed, I just can't yeah, remember the like... names. <laughs> oh, I the, knew... Well, the name of the horse, the cop's horse in that was Buttercup. Never mind. I <laughs> thought for a second you said Dave Chappelle, and I almost said Robin Hood Men in Tights. Nope. <laughs> because he wasn't I that. didn't know there was horses in Half Baked. There was. There was one horse. Watch movies about there was one horse, and they killed it. So um, you, that's should, you should watch it because it's funny. So then we get say th- his name, Butternuts. It's Butterscotch. Then we get three days later. Yeah, we're still eighteen minutes into this movie. We are thirty <laughs> and thirty minutes into the podcast. We're doing right. we're doing great for one year. And a so year and three co- days later, he comes to D'Artagnan comes to a village and he splashes a gentleman with mud. Who's this gentleman? You ask. It's Rochefort, mm-hmm. played by the wonderful Mads Mikkelsen, and. Um, Rochefort then starts making fun of him and his horse. So D'Artagnan challenges him to a duel. No, he says, you need to apologize. And he goes, I'm not going to apologize. He goes, no, you need to apologize to my horse. And then he walks into, takes off his coat, walks over, pulls out a sword. That's a challenge to a duel, huh? It damn sure is. And uh, Rochefort shoots him. Which is excellent. <laughs> like, you expect yes. this is all set up for, like, a sword fight. And, you, <laughs> and Rochefort's like, yep, bang. Very Indiana Jones. And he falls over, but he's not dead. And Rochefort goes... It's a flesh wound. Who's supposed to be in charge of cleaning my gun? <laughs> Sight must be off. It was really good. And so then he pulls out his sword. Or, no, he takes D'Artagnan's sword because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to soil his sword with, ple- with peasant blood, which mm-hmm. is very funny. And he goes to stab him through the eye. Just then, a convenient carriage pulls up. And who's in it? Milojovovich. Milady de Winter. Yeah, her too. <laughs> who says, don't kill him. He's too pretty. And uh, says, come on, Rochefort. We, have, pl- we have to go... And he, she gives him a token. A little handkerchief. A little, little hanky-panky. For the, for the blood, because he still was shot. <laughs> he, he was still shot. And bullets back then moved slower, so they would cause more damage. 
and also round. And they were very round and very And it was easy to get a terrible infection and die. Yeah. So Especially thus ends D'Artagnan as he died <laughs> from gangrene in this small wounds. village outside yeah. the Paris. <laughs> like he, his yeah. arm's getting cut off in a week. Yeah. <laughs> but um, But it gets some maggots. If maggots would have cleaned that up. Yeah. But he arrives in Paris. And just as he's tying his horse up, he sees who? Rochefort. So he chases after him because he still wants him to apologize to his horse. Because he's and a dumb fuck. Yeah. He just didn't let it learn, go. Didn't learn to get shot <laughs> no. the first time. Mm-hmm. The guy shot me, but I'm going to chase him down. Knowing he has no gun. And uh, as he chases him, he runs into Athos. Literally mm-hmm. runs into him. And spills, spills his drink. drink all over the front of him. Which yep. you don't do. That's alcohol abuse. Well, they have words, and uh, a duel is scheduled. A duel, then. Because he's taking that advice from his dad a little too seriously. Just a bit. They schedule a duel for two, for noon at Cooper's Yard. Cooper's Yard. And then he continues to chase after Rochefort. And what happens next? And this time, he runs into Porthos. You don't want to run into Porthos. <laughs> causing Porthos to drop his secret purse, because his girlfriend is buying his clothes mm-hmm. in secret. And he is a schnazzy dresser. Much and, better than uh, any other Three Musketeers I've ever seen. Again, words are exchanged, and they schedule a duel for 1 p.m. at Cooper's Yard. If he's available. And then he he still continues to chase after Rochefort, but he's at this point he's completely lost him, so he comes back to his horse, and just as he's about to get there, he Aramis is there writing him a ticket. Citation. He's, it's a citation. A what? A ticket. <laughs> Because his horse befouled the streets. Dropped Did a deuce. <laughs> Boots on the ground. And they have, and D'Artagnan, instead of just paying it, says, I won't pay it, crinkle, crinkles it up, stuffs it into um, Aramis's chest, and schedules a duel for 2 p.m. So, in all of these instances where he's fighting the musketeers, he doesn't know the musketeers yet, but we'll get past yeah. that. He's Girl, a real his dick. Fault. Yeah, he's a real yeah. dick and deserves to get his ass whooped. Yeah. He's a douche nozzle. He's very Billy the Kid-esque. Yeah. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. next scene we see Milady meeting with Rushlu. Cardinal. And she tells him that Buckingham, Buckingham is coming and that he has built the war machine. And then... Anybody else here? Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> she also... They talk and she says that Buckingham does not suspect her as the spy, which is good news. And as they're chatting... The king interrupts, and he also asks Milady, what of Buckingham? Huh? But not, at first it looks like maybe he knows she's a spy, but oh no, this naive king knows nothing, because he's inquiring after what color Buckingham is currently wearing, because as we saw in an earlier scene, he is the epitome of fashion. And, and King Louis here comes in a very snazzy green mm-hmm. ensemble. Well, well, he, no, was he, wearing, he was wearing blue. Oh, that's right. And she tells him that Buckingham wearing was green. wearing green. Yeah. And he berates his tailors. And tears his clothes off. And tears his clothes off. And this is how we are, you know, we're shown that this king is more more childish and does not have any real concern and know what's happening around him. Mm-hmm. Not a very good king. No. But uh, that happens. Or happened. Yeah, who's been raising him to be king? His, his Re- father. Uh, but well, 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 he's probably got people for that. He's got people, not doing a good but job. the people are controlled by Richelieu, who probably murdered him, who had his father assassinated. I still say it was Buckingham, but okay. Or Buck- but still, Richelieu's the real power here. 
Right. And he doesn't want the king to come into power, so he's trying to make sure so he he's stays. In, indulging him in these childlike pursuits to keep him distracted from doing any actual ruling. All right, so then on to the Cooper's Yard. It's and time the for a duel. Or three. We get uh, some fun we'll banter. See. Athos arrives first, and then... He says, up. this is my second? Or these are, are my seconds. seconds. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, those are all the guys. <laughs> and they, yep. So he does not pick his opponents wisely. And uh, there he, you know, so there's some introductions, and then... Uh, D'Artagnan's informed that the musketeers aren't really a thing anymore, which... You know they're the background of some scenes? Because he's heard of them. <laughs> it's weird, because they kind of implied that they're no more, but at other points, there clearly are more. There's musketeers but, standing around in blue. But these are great heroes that he's heard of, but um, they don't really do anything anymore. Right. He came to join them. His dad was one. And, yep, and they're interrupted by Wolf the Dennis Stanson. <laughs> And who's there to... You know what? Go with that. I like that better. (laughs) Who's there to arrest them. Or give them a cleaning. Jusak. And Porthos says, new plan, kill the boy, kick their asses, and they'll go go get some lunch. I could do with some exercise. (laughs) But um, a shit ton of dudes file into the yard, Mm -hmm. followed by Rochefort. And as soon as D'Artagnan sees the dude that shots him... That shots him? Shot him. That shot him. He goes insane and into a berserker raise and atta- <laughs> and attacks the Cardinal's guard. Yeah. And we get a wonderful fight scene. First, it's just D'Artagnan action all over the place here, Can't there, everywhere. Then we flash to the, to the three musketeers and they're like, well, you know, why not? And they attack two and it's just sword fight, sword fight, sword fight, murder, 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 murder. It's not murder. <laughs> it's not murder. It's... A bodily harm, bodily harm, bodily yes. harm. It, it would be um, a death on the battlefield, which is not murder. It's heroic. But um, D'Artagnan takes time during his fight to flirt with a pretty blonde girl. Oh, who's this, Constance? The queen's lady in waiting. She is pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the three musketeers win the fight, and the crowd that's gathered cheers for the musketeers, which is weird mm-hmm. because... I don't think that I would hang out if I saw a bunch of Cardinals guards cut down in the street by three musketeers. Well, they're trying to get across here that, that they're the, people, the yeah. people do not like the Cardinals guard and like the musketeers. It's just one of those weird scenes. Well, this is what happens in a monarchy. You have somebody in charge and it's whatever you want, they want to do and fuck everybody else. D'Artagnan continues to flirt with Constance, but she tells him that in a battle of wits, sir, you are unarmed. Ouch. That's harsh. So the musketeers and D'Artagnan make peace. No more fun today. And they uh, tell him who Rochefort is, his new mortal enemy. And then they take him home with them. Like you do. And Porthos says, you're reckless, arrogant, impetuous, probably be dead by sundown, but I like you. <laughs> and then... Uh, they asked him if he has any money, too. Yes. And he's like, I got a little bit. They're like, all right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> when they get home, we see that Athos is a cranky bastard. And uh, D'Artagnan asks what happened to him. And Aramis replies, what happens to any man? A woman. woman. And uh, D'Artagnan also drops this gem. I don't mean to offend anybody, but I thought you'd be more heroic. (laughs) And Aramis comes back with, we are obsolete. We are warriors, but there is no war to fight. So we drink, quarrel with the Cardinal's guards, and then we drink some more. 
what we need is a great cause, but there are no great causes left. Which is kind of very depressing. Which is also <laughs> known as foreshadowing because it's about to be one. Of course. We're introduced to Planchette, their houseboy. Played by James Corbin. James Corbin. Yeah. I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> and I looked up, I was like, oh god. Which this whole <laughs> character is just here to be the butt relief. of the jokes. He's yeah. ca- called comic relief. And to be, you know, shat upon. Yeah, they treat him like shit. Yes, yeah, they, do. they do. Because he loves him, though, or he would leave. I mean, <laughs> because they tell him that D'Artagnan is taking his bed, and that he's going to sleep outside on the balcony. Well, remember, this is uh, there was the a, balcony outside there was in a the class cold. society here. Like there was your monarchy and the uppers mm-hmm. and nobles yeah. and that. Yeah. So musketeers would have been pretty high up, and yeah. this guy would have been a peasant. So yeah. they would have looked at him as like the dog. Well, because like they they put you yeah. know the balcony yeah. outside in the cold with birds shitting on my head all night. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they would have looked at him as you know. Yeah. Property. Yep. Yeah. So then we go to the Cardinal and Louis playing chess. And Louis is losing quite terribly and throws a freaking tantrum, <laughs> knocks pieces off the board. I bet you didn't see that coming, did you? Absolutely not, my lord. Hmm. And then. Always keeping me on my toes. <laughs> uh huh, sure. Car- <laughs> they discuss that Buckingham is coming tomorrow to discuss peace terms. Well, or get, a possible peace treaty. He also gets mad because he doesn't understand why the king isn't the most powerful. And yeah, he explains to him that it's the king the most is the most important, important, but he's only as powerful as the people around him. And, um, but so they discuss Buckingham coming tomorrow. There's some sort of peace talk. And then the cardinal tells him that he has summoned his musketeers because they've been quarreling with the cardinal's guard. <laughs> and the cardinal wants the king to punish them. So then, uh, apparently, back in the day, quarreling meant murder the fuck out of. Yeah. Yep. So we said it wasn't quarrel. murder. It wasn't murder. <laughs> that means to have a verbal. That was resisting arrest, is what it was. <laughs> Which is, um, I think, a crime. But whatever. Well, you get in then. You get into some uh, red tape there, though, because the three musketeers are the king's men and the cardinal's yes. guard. <laughs> I know separation of church and state. <laughs> they, they didn't have that. <laughs> I know it was a joke. Um, so they go to meet with the musketeers, and the king asks about the altercation. It was the four of them against forty of the cardinal's guard. The king seems quite impressed, and even though he's supposed to be scolding them, is really not. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see Queen Anne joins the party. Mm-hmm. And she's also seems to be suitably impressed with the musketeers' efforts against the cardinal. Mm-hmm. And then we see Louis and Anne, who are like the worst set of awkward teenagers on the planet. <laughs> Both seem to like each other. Neither one of them knows how to express it. Express it. Although the actress that plays Anne in this movie seems like that character seems like she could be pretty competent. Mm-hmm. But the character's not supposed to be competent. Yeah. She's supposed to be just as kind of wishy-washy as Louie almost. So I feel like it was a miscasting. Because this girl seems like she could play a competent queen. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what the character probably should have been. So I, it's a little jarring. because that one scene where she goes to the cardinal, mm-hmm. that makes her seem... Like she's competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it didn't have that scene, then I'd I know. be like, well, okay, she she's not better supposed people to be. around her. Constant yeah. for. Mm-hmm. And um, we yes we speaking of Constance we see her in the party of the Queen's ladies in waiting, 
And uh, D'Artagnan tries to interject and talk to the king a couple times, and the musketeers are trying to keep him quiet because he's an idiot and doesn't know how to communicate with royalty. Well, he's also a peasant. I know. And he's jumping several classes. But, so the king... I do believe they would kill you for that. (laughs) But in the end, the king punishes them by uh, giving them each a brand new suit of clothes and a purse of gold. That'll teach him. And reminds them that there should be no more quarreling with the cardinal's guards or there will be none of them left. (laughs) <laughs> the cardinal is not happy. He also invites them to uh, the palace tomorrow for the arrival of Buckingham. They don't know that that's what it's for, though. He no. just says, like, for the parade or For the something. parade. Which I assume they all kind of know that it's, well... I yeah, D'Artagnan wouldn't know. D'Artagnan wouldn't know, but the musketeers might know that Buckingham was arriving. Maybe. I don't know, because when he does, they're like, ugh, Buckingham. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should know. Well, this is, remember now, this is, you know... The French and the English have been fighting since... Forever. Yeah. France and England. (laughs) (laughs) Since France and England. Because France and England. (laughs) Probably since they were before France and England. Yeah. So, you know, they probably know the key players, things like that. Because this is the Anglo-French War, this time period. (laughs) Okay, thank you for that history lesson, Mr. I like to watch documentaries. (laughs) I love documentaries. Don't hate on me. I'm not hating on you. I said thank you. Which is... In honest appreciation. Well, one of the things that I don't like about this is the reason that they disbanded the Musketeers and every other thing is for that war. And mm-hmm. they forgot to mention that in this. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. But they didn't disband the Musketeers. They're clearly not just. I know. Because <laughs> if you look around that room, all the guys in blue, Musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> so these three guys should be standing on the wall. You're right. This is a plot hole big enough to drive an airship through. But we're just going to skip over it. Those or three, a war those, machine. Those three were disbanded. <laughs> <laughs> So then we get a scene with the Cardinal and Milady plotting, and they've decided to use Buckingham's arrival. She's like a triple agent, this girl. To show, to um, show the king that there's been an affair between Buckingham and the queen, because he wants to drive a wedge between the king and the queen, and also keep the king off balance, and plunge his country into war. So his plot is that they're going to plant evidence. Of Buckingham writing love letters to the Queen. They're going to take the Queen's jewels and hide them in Buckingham's stuff. That's a good And play. then, when it all comes out, I wrote this all down because it's very convoluted. Buckingham will be humili- humiliated. The King outraged. The Queen will be executed. France will have no choice but to go to war. And in times like these, France will naturally turn to a, to a stronger leader. Someone better equipped to rule the nation. Than a cuckolded teenager with a grudge. Someone like Your Eminence. This is their very convoluted plot. Would it have worked? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. Because that's not how the succession of rule works. I know. But, I mean, maybe it did. It's <laughs> what, hard to what say. What he would have to do to take power is called a coup. Yeah. And not with those uh, guards. Not with those guards. Those guards <laughs> suck balls. <laughs> 40 to 4. Yeah, yeah. 40 to 4 and they lost bad. <laughs> they didn't well, even get a, a fucking shot yeah. in. <laughs> well, it's the next day. Oh, good. Buckingham arrives in the war machine. <laughs> so they're all standing outside waiting. The prince is now dressed in green. He's not the prince, or he's the, the king. king. I'm sorry, I don't know why I call him the prince. Well, because he is such a, his presence is like so prince. ridiculous <laughs> that I think he's prince. Um, prince could pull that outfit off. <laughs> he could. I, I totally agree. You know what makes this movie better? If they had the actual prince in there, it would have been great. And, he could, and the new power generation. And yeah, of course. Uh, well, prince could have played uh, Buckingham and as, like a champ. And as the airship's coming down, it goes nice and slow. And purple rain starts. <laughs> 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 and he comes out wearing what color? 
purple. But so they're waiting for Buckingham to arrive, Pick and Louis is pissed because Buckingham is late. <laughs> then you see a big shadow, and then out of the sky comes the most ridiculous plot, um, set piece in this entire movie: the airship, War Machine, the War Zip Machine, <clears throat> War Machine rocks, all caps. Um, so Buckingham comes out of his ship as swarmy as swarmy can be, and swarmy he's dressed in purple. No, he's not. He's wearing blue. Or no, he's... No? He's wearing blue. Oh, he's yeah, he is blue. wearing blue. He's wearing purple till later. That's right. I'm sorry. You're, you're right. I'm incorrect. I'm he shouldn't be wearing notes. purple, though, because purple was the color of royalty, and he's not. Oh, uh, well. Um, so Buckingham meets with the Cardinal, and um, they talk about peace talks, and Buckingham is like, well, I don't know if I need to talk peace when I have my new war machine. Well, even the odds, he kicks over some of the Cardinal's toy boats because he has a big map room. With That's not, those weren't toys. That's how they planned battles. He had a big map room and he had little tin boats, baby boats. Ooh. Some baby boats. Tony just parked up. He was sleeping. <laughs> Someone say baby boats? You should get those on well, a, a but Well, page. this is happening. Milady does something ridiculous. Oh, now she does something ridiculous. Okay. She does something ridiculous. <laughs> Because now it is time to break into the queen's room to plant the, the letters. So this is going to take Cracker Jack timing. Ooh. Oh, that's my favorite line of the podcast. <laughs> right. No horseshit, Jack. No horseshit. So we're going to flashback between them. a lot of hills. <laughs> There's a bunch of things that happen in this time period. So D'Artagnan ha- harasses Constance some more. And she's really like, go the fuck away. She says... You have mm-hmm. some new clothes and you have a little bit of money, but you're still a peasant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and he's like, but I have a meeting with the king. And then we see the meeting with the king where the king asks him advice about ladies, which is weird. Because why would he know? Ladies? He, he has, the king has no reason to believe that this guy has any experience with the ladies. I know. He should definitely be asking the, ma- the musketeers who are older and more worldly. And have experience. And I know. have experience these, with the ladies. These scenes are really weird. I think and I should just without them. They're similar in age. Yeah. They so should have had a scene more. where he heard the, um, what's her name talking about? Constance? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about it with us. Because about the queen how was like, was, was yeah. it 40 men or was it 400 men? Yeah. My ladies in waiting, tell me stories. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, so those was, those scenes are a little jarring. Then we get an awkward meeting between Louis and Anne. Then uh, we get Milady. Okay, so what she does is <laughs> ridiculous. She. Well, first, t- she beats up, first she beats up a bunch of soldiers. Mm-hmm. She pretends that she's in distress. Oh, I've been on this roof. Oh. I, I got trapped in here. I can't figure out how to get out. Now I'm so hot I'm going to faint. She beats <laughs> up, and so she beats up a bunch of soldiers, and then she pulls a gun on one, and he's like, you can't shoot me because then they'll hear it. But she waits just for the clock to strike. Boom. And, she, and she's, like, right wait, she's like, wait for it. Like she had known. <laughs> yeah. She was watching the clock. Time. And this was the ridiculous part for you. Okay, but then <laughs> no, no. no. The ridiculous part skirt. is when she takes off her skirt to find her Ocean's Eleven pulley system. <laughs> okay. She but Danny Ocean was like, train. Nice. She took off the skirt, skirt. but the train is still. It's intact. like the bustle. Yeah. She still got the bustle. <laughs> and then she uses his Ocean's Eleven pulley system to drop onto the Queen's balcony just as the guard turns. Yeah, otherwise then everybody would have seen her. Takes yeah. a comb out of her hair to pick the lock, mm-hmm. goes in the queen's room, mm-hmm. plants the love letters in her mm-hmm. desk, and then goes through the queen's stuff. 
try some perfume on, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, she sprayed the letters with the perfume. Yeah. yeah. And then she was like, like, it looked like she was wafting it. <laughs> yeah. <out there>. yeah. <laughs> hey, don't want to waste it. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, this is probably nice pretty perfume. expensive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so it, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish. Then no. she breaks into the queen's secret vault. <laughs> that thing was kind of cool. Like, turn the candlestick and the whole fireplace moved, it looked like. <laughs> and then we see another hallway, and at the end is... The jewels. The, the diamond necklace, the special diamond necklace that Louis has given Anne. And she takes a scarf and throws it down the hallway, and razor wire, 14th century France, okay, razor wire... <laughs> monofilament wire. <laughs> yeah, monofilament wire strung all along the hallway, which she dives through. Well, first, first, well, first she, she takes out her uh, her compact and blows the powder into it, which I thought was kind of cool for what that was. And she it's, it's grabs supposed to be up the lasers. Her bustle. Yeah, <laughs> and grabs her bustle. <laughs> and Catherine Zeta Jones, Kala, yeah. and Trapman goes exactly. through the lasers. How does the queen get to her jewels? I imagine there's mm-hmm. a way to turn it off. There has to be. There's monofilament walls. What? Struggle really through the whole know. hallway. You're but proud. she sent her lady in waiting to go get the jewels. <laughs> she know. wasn't just going, oh, you go die. <laughs> See, this there is the thing. Be, maybe there's a way to go around back. I don't know. This, <laughs> the hallway trap in the Da Vinci's vault at least made sense. But this doesn't make any sense. Because in modern times, if it was laser beams, you can turn that on and off. Mm-hmm. But monofilament wires strung between the walls, that's a bitch to take down. She probably has a clockwork dog that she just has fetch for. Oh, maybe. Right. And, um... <laughs> Remember, this movie opened with a scene with a guy scuba diving in about I'm just 1620. Saying, I'm just and threw saying. a knife from under the water yeah. into somebody. Yeah, threw a knife velocity. through the water. That's what. That's how I'm we started. Saying, that airship <laughs> that went through that one plot hole just came out of this one. I'm just saying. <laughs> it doesn't make me enjoy it any less. No, of course, because it's it started with ridiculous. the scuba diver. You're like, no. It just is very ridiculous. have to have favorite tertiary abuse of physics. <laughs> Maybe there's like a, uh, a secret crank that lowers all the stuff that's holding it down. And then ah. they crank it back up. And or just raises, raises it, the whole thing up. So she can just walk over it. Wow. <laughs> Carly coming out, covering up those potholes with uh, the road. I No, I got, rogue, I, got I got it. I got it. I got it. Officers appear. <laughs> walks through the filament wire because he's dead. Because he he's walks not through dead. it. <laughs> he's retired. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. One of them has um, what is it? Kitty Prize invisible po- or oh, power where she can walk through walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind that, of now you're just being ridiculous. No, that's crazy. Come on. All right. Anyway, so, the Zeppelin. So she steals <laughs> So she steals the necklace, and then she meets with the cardinal. And she, the plan is that she returns with Buckingham and she's to plant the necklace in his most secure vault at the bottom of the Tower of London. And he threatens her that, uh, you know, sometimes a double, triple agent, you know, thinks that the switching sides is just all they know and uh, I will kill you if you do that. And she's like, well, if you want me to stay loyal, you're going to need to give me some assurances. So he writes this letter saying that you know, all she does she did it for the state yes and then he stamps it with his personal wax thing. you know I've always wanted a wax stamp I don't know you why you can get them you want they're really easy I don't have a seal I need to have, have something cool you got cool. a seal yeah I gotta get a seal something you got cool. that horse yeah <laughs> stallion ordering, ooh perfect ordering a seal and um, wax. sealing wax is super easy yeah I'm sure I can get it on like eBay or, or Amazon or Etsy Amazon mm-hmm. Amazon has everything yeah but Etsy you can get like custom ones done ooh custom shit Alright, so <laughs> then we get Buckingham's leave taking. Start leaving letters. This is where he's in purple. 
We're going to think they're like these really big, important letters. This is like a grocery list. <laughs> what is this? We're podcasting no. today. We know. <laughs> i got to no, use no. it for something. <laughs> no, it'll just be like... When I'm when I make the when I pay the cable bill, it'll be just like on the back of the cable bill. Yeah. <laughs> Every day she I'm taking letters out of the mailbox. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. Cross, <laughs> Cross has like an outfit on and he passes it to Elena. Is it? This is what I want for dinner. <laughs> I'm gonna go mow the lawn. Okay. I gotta get my money's worth. That's right. Wax I'm, is cheap. I'm already out of wi- I'm already out of wax. I need yeah. to order some more. All right. So Buckingham goes to leave, and this is where he's wearing purple. And the king even says purple. Mm-hmm. And Buckingham says, fashion favors the bold. And then takes his hat off and gives it to King Louis and says, here, try this on for size. He throws it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then he takes his leave, him and Milady de Winter. Who's very reminiscent of Romeo Must Die, where he gives him the flowers and he throws the flowers away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they leave on their cool Zeppelin. He's like, get your Aaliyah-looking ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so then... So then one of the ladies-in-waiting goes to get something for the queen out of her desk and finds the love letters and doesn't tell the queen, but instantly reports it to the king. Because that's what you do. I guess that was the king's spot. Chain of command. I think that the cardinal had somebody go in Probably. to her stuff. Like, yeah, they, they didn't mention sure. it, but that is what yeah. you would assume. That, that was but, the cardinal had planted her to find those letters to bring yeah. them to the king. Yes. Yeah. But so Louis but immediately Louis immediately goes to the cardinal and says, oh no, these love letters are going to be found. What do I do? And the king like, is but like... But I like her! <laughs> or the, and the cardinal is like, well, this is easy. We'll just throw a ball. And you'll ask her to wear these... The diamonds. the diamonds that are mentioned in the love letters. And if she has them, then everything's fine. And if it's she not. doesn't... Off with her head. And well, they kind of end scenes. And Buckingham, I, we, you forgot this, Buckingham does mention that he knew her once before. Yeah. So he enjoyed her and he'll one never, night. The one some, night and he'll never something forget. Something he yeah. says it and you're like, ooh, what a douche. Well, he's... kind of like him. Well, it's French, so it's French, so it's douche. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's very enjoyable. <laughs> well, so then, and so... Then we see Anne talking to her <coughs> ladies in waiting, and that King Louis has invited, has made a ball, and he wants her, she wants her jewels taken to the cleaner because she wants to look extra beautiful for the king, because she loves that insufferable twat. <laughs> <laughs> and constant goes twat. Ouch. Hey, look. All right, see, let me critique your critique there, because mm. it started out strong, but then got too harsh. Uh, <laughs> too harsh. Okay. So. Uh, she sends Constance into the room of death. How did she get, get there? Who knows? To get, well, it doesn't <laughs> matter. on the wall, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> the other secret, secret passage. Ah, fills up with water. But she doesn't even have to go to the other side to see that the jewels are missing. There is no necklace. So then the queen goes to the cardinal and says, I know. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, I know. And he says, I assume this is where I'm supposed to laugh maniacally and regale your majesty with the details of some plot. However, I regret to inform your majesty. I have no idea what you're talking about. And she says, I knew you would say that. And he's like, then why did you come here? And she says, I wanted to look you in the eye while you said it. Which she's all sassy here. And then she goes out in the hallway and starts crying. Sometimes you got to hold it in. (laughs) But don't worry. Constance is like, I got this. And she goes to D'Artagnan for help. <laughs> because, you know, when you need something done, you find the guy who just got here has no idea what he's doing. And the guy that you keep telling to go away. 
<laughs> well, also she secretly likes. Well, him. but you mm-hmm. also know that he'll do whatever you ask. Right, because do. in this movie, she's a very pretty lady, and very pretty ladies have magical powers. Okay, then we get to the scene that John is going to hate more than any other scene in the whole movie. <clears throat> so it's a good time. To you want back me to go to England, retrieve the diamonds, which the Queen suspects might be in Buckingham's possession, which will likely involve breaking into some impregnable, highly fortified facility. Constance says, the Tower of London. <laughs> then, return to Paris with every soldier, assassin, mercenary, bounty hunter on both sides of the channel out to stop me from doing so. Did I miss anything? In five days. Oh. A minor detail. Anything else? No. She's like, pass the guards that we can't well, get Well, I know. Let me finish. Well, I really only have one question for you. Why in the world would I do that? And then she kisses him, Ooh. and he says, England it is. So tell us, John, how much do you hate this scene? She must have beer-flavored nipples or something, I'm telling you. But you yeah. didn't even get Taste to see her, her nipples. nipples. <laughs> She's a beer-flavored tongue. <laughs> <laughs> At best, beer-flavored lips. Um, this is the most ridiculous thing ever, because this is that movie tripe that women tripe? can get men to do whatever they want. Yes, tripe. <laughs> <laughs> trope. This trope is a bunch of tripe. In <laughs> French, it's tripe. In Fr- it's, it's tripe, yeah. and, and, and it's in French. That beautiful women can make men do whatever they want because all men are buffoons and all women are, I don't know, using their assets and that's the only thing they know how to do. She couldn't possibly just say, hey, look, this is for the good of the country. And I will pay you heavily. And I will pay you. This will be great. state the musketeers. Which, yeah. which seems like... If but she, no, let me use my boobs. <laughs> if she had gone to the musketeers, it would make sense. Right. The queen has sent me to help you, you, you yeah. for help. You've been looking for a great or, mission. Or if she had been flirty with D'Artagnan... Would make sense. This is the boy yeah. she loves, and now she needs, and he, you know. But no, none of these things happen. Because he then turns to the musketeers and goes, well, what do you guys think? And they're like, eh. Like, because <laughs> they've been looking plot. for something to fight for. Now they <laughs> yeah. have something yeah. to fight for. You've been looking for something to fight for. This is for France. You love France. Hey, let's take care of France. No. Let me flash my boobs. <laughs> she you know. doesn't do that. Listen. No, it'd be more <laughs> if she flashed her boobs. It would at least make sense. She kisses him, and he's like, yes, okay. <laughs> It's just fucking ridiculous. It's funny because in other versions of the Three Musketeers, D'Artagnan is also. You told me not to bring those up. Is usually portrayed as kind of a Lothario character, and he fights a lot of duels because he's always like hitting on women or getting involved with village girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this one, is he still? Ver- he seems like he's still just this naive virgin. <laughs> Which I know. get. I think we're supposed to think that she likes him. But he's not really proven himself to be good well, she, enough for her. She will lose yes. status if she yes. goes out. But if with he him is successful in this mission, yeah. then she'll be. He's able not even a musketeer. See, him. Yeah. which well, if maybe they said that. Yeah. Is that right? If you do this, they said that in then maybe movie. we can get married because we <laughs> love each other. But they didn't put that in this movie. <laughs> she did. Was it in the Meg? But this is just. They're like, is that a giant shark? By the way, did you know that ladies in waiting are forbidden to date musketeers? It's from the Meg. It's from the Meg. It's not yeah. from the Musketeer movies. It's from the Meg. Oh, Did you miss that scene? <laughs> I, yes. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Okay, <laughs> so. But they decide to do it. As Aramis says, it's not a great cause, but it'll do. And It just, is a great cause. France is going to go to shit. <laughs> so, I, I, this whole scene is ridiculous. Napoleon is coming. For completely different years. ways <laughs> than most of this movie is ridiculous. Um... So they decide to do it. And wouldn't, you know, Rochefort comes to arrest them. Like right now. Only and a fool, right now. <laughs> only a fool would try to arrest him twice. Well, he tells his, he tells um, uh, Wolf the Dennis Stanson, 
to he's you know because he says come out you're under arrest come out or you know and uh Rochefort it, says it's not worth winning if you can't win as big. soon as they come out kill that him wasn't it. <laughs> because they're not really they say they're there to arrest him but they're actually there to murder him and um mm-hmm. but wouldn't you know the musketeers escape Planchette throws some pee out the window, <laughs> which causes enough distraction yes. that the musketeers and Constance, who could have just stayed in fr- in the fucking house... And he escapes, too. He throws piss on him and then escapes. I know. Must have been some, you know... That's because they turn to chase the men on horses. <laughs> the holy urine. And they here. don't care about the peasant that just threw pee on them. Oh, no, whole, they would kill him the, for that. The whole I know. army gets out of the way. Yeah. As mm-hmm. the horses ride through. Like, yeah, we should get out of the way. Don't stab them with our halberds or anything. But. We're only soldiers. Well, we well no, they're, they're cardinal guards. They're horribly mean. These guys here make the stormtroopers look like they know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> they're inadequate. We've, we've already. Hopelessly that. inept. For the purposes of this plot. And but, they only ever attack, if they have a whole group, they only ever attack one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but Rochefort has to go tell the cardinal that he failed. And the yeah. cardinal says, close all the borders. I don't want them getting out of the country so, and don't fail me again. So Very menacingly, obviously saying, if you fail me again, I will kill you. So the war machine has gone through the last plot hole and circled back around to this one. That's amazing. Why is this a plot hole? That they would let this many people just leave? Like, they're surrounded. Obviously not. They're on foot and they're on horses. They would get trampled by the horses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the actual thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever seen the horses? Like, when you're out and about, horses are big, scary animals. Yes, and if they come bursting out of a house at you... I would move. And you're an, ine- an inept cardinal's guard, mm-hmm. then... That's amazing. That's all I got to say. I don't think that's a plot hole. I think that's just incompetence in your villains, mm. which is standard in most movies. Well, so they get to the port, and wouldn't you know it, the Cardinal's Guard has got there ahead of them. How did they get there so fast? Well, there's a lot of them. Well, no, because we see... Who do we some see? Some of the same guys. We see some of the... Do, I think we see Jusakar. Okay, so then... Wolf, we you, see Wolf the Dennis Stanson. Would you say it's a plot hole? No. We know exactly how they got <laughs> They were on guys. foot. <laughs> but we know how they got ahead of them. Air machine. They have a... Well, I don't want to spoil it for our listeners, but... There's a second war machine. <laughs> and this war machine rocks. So the musketeers. The musketeers have no. You looking for this? <laughs> Kills but, with everyone. Else. But the musketeers have no idea how they got ahead of them. But we, who have seen this movie before, know. Carly doesn't know yet. <laughs> but we have seen this movie as far as like I have no idea you what you're know, talking it's about. Kind of bad. But it didn't occur to you that they would have. No, but it just occurred to me that. Weird shit happens in this movie. They just got there first. Like, <laughs> I wasn't going, how did they get there first? I was like, oh, I guess so they just go, let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> After scuba diving, first scene, you just let shit happen. But later, when we see the second airship, we know yeah. they must have used the airship. Had to have used the airship. But I wasn't but. on the edge of my seat trying to figure it out. <laughs> she wasn't working out the logistics of the physics of uh, the She's like, movie. they may have teleporters, steampunk teleporters, for all I fucking know. All right. Fucking Nightcrawler came and gave him a lift. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so, um, so how are we going to get onto the boat? Follow so Constance feet. is, you know, they're trying to work out a plan, but Constance is like, no, I got this. I'll make a distraction. Give me your hat. So she takes um, D'Artagnan's hat his and coat. his coat and his horse and fools them into thinking she's D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. Because a hat and a cloak and a horse, that's all they need to well, identify you, a guy. If you're looking for somebody and they're wearing that hat and that cloak, you'd follow that hat and that cloak? On that horse? It's on that black. Horse. We know though. that they know that With horse. that blonde hair? Oops. 
<laughs> the cloak and the hat are covered. Oh, in she hair. pinned up her hair. Duh. Sorry. But so they say, it's D'Artagnan, and they run after him. You know what? I bet they pulled out a picture. You remember that picture from A Winter's Tale? Of their, I bet they had that same guy. From behind. That's her. That same that's guy. Be her. That same sketch artist, obviously. She has a face and eyes. His great great grandfather was obviously the sketch artist here talent, in talent. Paris. Just, just looked at it, it was like yeah, undeniable. I forgot about that. <laughs> now that was amazing. That was, amazing. <laughs> oh, that, uh, that was another move that was bad shit crazy, but not uh, not entertaining, just bad shit. <laughs> oh, poor Carly. She liked that movie. Really? I think she gave it a mild maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most liking anyone should like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they I'm get on, on the boat. So we're on the boat. Then we get a double briefing flash between scenes scene so we get the musketeers on the boat so we get the musketeers on the boat and we get buckingham and milady plotting so rochefort had went back to the cardinal to tell him that they got away and then and when car and the cardinal told him to warn milady so milady has been warned that the that they're coming so athos is planning how they're going to break into the tower of london to get the necklace that mi- that they don't even know is there. Meanwhile, Milady, who's been warned, is telling Buckingham that Athos and the Musketeers are coming to kill them because they want revenge from when she betrayed them mm-hmm. and Buckingham stole the war machine plane. So she deserves it. And they kind of do a bat and they do a back and forth. Yes, where, they're where saying exactly they're, the same stuff. Yeah, yes. they're explaining how they're going to break into the thing, and she goes, "Well, this is their tactics," and she explains what they would do. So it's kind of a, you know, it's a good scene. It is cool. But at the end, he goes, and that's what they're expecting. So that's what we're not yeah. going to do. <laughs> we're going to go in broad daylight, and we're going to be the decoy, and you're going to go in one because they don't know you. Guns blazing. So. This is when they pull out the submachine guns. No. Because why not? <laughs> this is where they pull out their Jethro Tulls because they're going to assault the tower. Mm. And we got our utility guys causing a scene mm. at the entrance. <laughs> they got a hell of an Ella Fitzgerald coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, and then um, D'Artagnan sneaks in. They, he takes a guard, beats him up, puts on his clothes. It's classic, classic sneak into the joint. But then well, immediately no, hey, it's a walks inside loop. and starts well, taking the clothes off. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the one guard's sitting there and a noose <laughs> goes around his neck and what's his name pulls it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, is Porthos. It the priest? No, no Porthos. I, oh, it's Porthos. Because okay. um, he's really strong. It's okay. Porthos because um, Aramis and... Aramis. And My Athos are the, ju- are the guys okay. having the argument, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the um, wagon, yeah, wagon accident. The, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the blue fender bender. The farm the, animals in the uh, casino. Yes, it's pumpkin. The, pumpkin uh, you circus, you circus animals. animals. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but D'Artagnan sneaks in as a guard, but then is almost immediately caught, and he is taken into custody uh, in front to Buckingham. Um, Milady decides that it's a good time to dip out, and so she. Uh, flees the scene because she doesn't want to be involved in this. She's always all about saving her own ass. And he's like, you don't think I'm going to be successful? And she's like, oh no, you'll go ahead and you'll kill Athos. And I'm okay with that, but I don't want to watch it. Yeah. I'm just going to... Yeah. But so then Buckingham, you know, says 
starts to, you know, do his evil genius kind of thing to D'Artagnan and is like, what, you don't have anything to say? No insults to trade? And he pulls out a butterfly knife. Yeah. Could, oh, it's a Bali song knife, but... Is it? Yeah, that's what it's called. Well, no, butterfly knife. Did they so either have, way, it's... Did they, they have still, those? They have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did they have way. those? I no! Wonder, I wondered not. if that was... How long those have been around? Um, they're kind of... They're pseudo-old, if... Nah, don't even worry about it. Okay, I just was they're curious. They're not that old, though. Yeah. Not in 16, uh, not what is it, 17th century France, or 15th century yeah. France. Right over this But the is. only thing he Maybe says is, century, what uh, time is Philippines. it? Philippines. Yeah. yeah, and he goes, uh, 1628. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then he says, what time is it? And Buckingham tells the time, goes to look at the time, and then, holy shit, airship. He looks and, at his eye watch and, yeah. And then they start firing on Buckingham's office? Question mark, whatever. Okay. And he says that he was a decoy. Yep. And then we get this cool... There's a couple of very cool weapons on the war machine. There's a flamethrower-esque thing. There's also this... Um, that should have been Greek fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Greek fire. Yep, we lost the... We lost technology. Yeah, you can't put out Greek fire. Make it. There's also like the this rotating yeah. turret, which is a real... They made That was a practical effects prop, and it's in a museum in Germany. Really? They built that in... I think it's. A, I think the trivia said like six days. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So that's a real practical effects um, machine. Machine that's that cool. they made. That is pretty cool. But yeah. So you know, in addition to your normal cannons, they had some, you know, crow's nest turrets of guns and all kinds of cool stuff. So well, French got a lot of help. They're yeah, firing. I've heard that. <laughs> they're firing into this office where D'Artagnan is being held prisoner. Yeah, it's a very Matrix. And <laughs> but he he manages to not like the dinosaur get shot. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps out the window, or the hole huh. in the wall. Porthole. He flies out the window because you can't Onto jump that the sh- far. And he lands on the railing of the ship. Eighty feet. And he does that <laughs> whoa, 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 wobbly thing where he's about to fall. Where Weebles wobbles, but they don't fall but down. He's handcuffed. Yep. And one of the guys. And Athos grabs, grabs the chain and pulls him on. And he, we got a line here. Permission to come aboard. <laughs> And then because if uh, I almost fell to my death like that, the first thing I would think to say would be permission to come aboard. So then we flash to uh, Rochefort and the Cardinal. That is smelly sort of a cheese. And Sorry, Rochefort has failed to capture the Musketeers, but he has some good news. He captured Constance. I don't know how that's good news. I, mm. I I was very confused. I was like, I don't understand why you're proud of this. You go, wait, what? You got fooled, and now you have the Queen's Lady in waiting. So like no the, one's gonna care. The Queen's Lady asked the Musketeers for help. I don't understand why. This although is something. Although you're happy they about. could say they caught her trying to arrange a meeting with Buckingham. Like they could use having her in custody as some kind of a ploy, a ploy or plot. But they don't. They just decide they're gonna use her so, to get. Just like she could have said, hey, this is for France, but no, let me just kiss you instead because this is the story we get. Because Hollywood thinks we're stupid. We are on the airship going back to France. And what about the diamonds? And Athos explains that Milady has the diamonds and that she would never leave them behind and that they're her insurance policy. And she would put them, you know, she'd keep them on herself because she doesn't trust anybody like she trusts herself. She'd keep them with the only person she trusts. Now, we flash to her carriage, and all of a sudden it stops. And the horses are let go, and she's like, driver, 
driver, what's happening? And he, and oh no, it's planchette. That's all about that mom. <laughs> he says, I'm just doing what you asked, taking you as far away from here as possible as they're lifted up into the air. This is also seen from Oceans 13, where they steal the diamonds. <laughs> yes. So, quite literally, they've stolen the diamonds Did you watch all those several movies? Times. I did. Except Only, for eight. We, we didn't watch eight yet. I haven't seen it yet. It's not out yet. I, I've, heard, come out of I, I've heard no, not a whole lot of good things. The people, the good things I have heard is like, it's just like the Ocean's Eleven. It's like, oh, well, I like that movie. I'll give it a watch. Yeah. Check it when out. When it comes out. They're like, it's just like uh, Three Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> Only they're scuba diving and airships. Yeah. Well, they're maybe. All right, so. Um, and baby boats. I heard there's baby boats. Uh, they, they're, they're selling like hotcakes. <laughs> so Are they hotcakes? <laughs> so they bring Milady up into the ship in a, you know. And uh, they don't really explain that, so they they grab they use the crane move to grab uh-huh. it and bring yeah. it up. But how the hell do they get inside the airship? I, well, they open the hatch. Oh, they, they open they the hatch. The in, 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 oh yeah, well, okay, sure. Here's my question: mm. <laughs> How did they know? In the giant winch. <laughs> what, how did they know that there was one of those giant winches on the airship? When they let Milady leave in her carriage. Now, obviously, Panchette was the driver the whole time. Mm-hmm. But how did they know they would be able to get the carriage like that? Well, how did they know exactly when to grab it? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. how do they know how much air, hot air to add to the balloon unless they're all expert balloon pilots and something that nobody's ever seen before? Right. Because the carriage is probably heavy. I don't know how much they weigh, but they're heavy. But you have to adjust. Yeah. And then they had to be directly... Over, so they had to they match the speed yeah. of the horses. You're right. It's, there's a lot going so on. There's a whole lot of able, people going fuck physics. They have to be <laughs> able to um, navigate as well. And they're at a machine during the day, seen. so they couldn't navigate by the stars. So, right. I don't. So they're guessing. They had to Listen, have some very good compass work. If it has a flamethrower, I guess you could have some kind of forward propulsion. I don't know. They have these weird ship's wheels that I guess is yeah. controlling the rudder and the sails. But the but rudder's only going to make it turn. Yeah. The way that I don't know how they're getting work. forward momentum. They've got to have well, they do well, have side sa- sails. They do have sails. But it would have to be a pretty fucking windy day yeah, then. to catch horses. And I'm all. sure there's plenty of wind up in the upper stratospheres. Not always. <laughs> but it's just like sailing on the we're ocean. We're going to have to go with today. It was windy. We're gonna have to, <laughs> no, no. We're going to have to go with scene one. No, scuba what? diving. There's a wind you know advisory effect. <laughs> just like sailing on the ocean, most of the time there is some sort of breeze that you can use. Mm-hmm. And if not, you just float in place. Maybe they hit a calm right at the right point when they were hovering. They, they hit the jet above. stream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're just, this is nonsense. We need to move on. <laughs> so we've come around this other plot hole now. We're just going to happen to say, wow, that they was amazing. Aimed, they just aimed the flame launcher backwards <laughs> and it going forward. Yeah, there you go. Okay, it's so... It's an extended scene. So they tell... So Athos goes to the carriage and tells Milady <laughs> that he wants the diamonds and to get out of the carriage. And they go up into the um, command room, whatever. Sure. The command room. The <laughs> onto bridge. the poop deck. The bridge, yeah. We'll and... Um, I've got the con. Yeah. Milady asks if they killed Buckingham. Nope. And they say no. And she says, but you would kill me? He says, and, and I don't hate Buckingham. Well, first he says mm. yes. And she goes, you would you would leave, you wouldn't kill Buckingham, but you would kill me. He says yes. Then he goes. And then she repeats, <laughs> she repeats it for clarity's sake. And then he's like, I don't hate Buckingham like I hate you. Well, and no. then he pulls a gun on her. I would have launched that bitch off the side. And she backs up and she walks the fucking plank. No, she doesn't walk the plank. There's no plank. And well, I was certain 
That he was going to kill her? That he no, wasn't going to kill her? that she didn't actually fall. That she, like, was holding on under the <laughs> ship somehow. I holding on one arm, like... Oh, it's a real officer yeah. severe moment here. I kept waiting for her to pop back up and surprise I, him. I, I, Come up the back I, of the I, ship. Gotcha, bitches! I've <laughs> seen this movie, and I was like... I swear she had a parachute. <laughs> but she didn't. But she didn't. I was like, thank you. It's she didn't been, at least have a parachute from couple, Da Vinci. It's been a while since I had seen this, and I thought for a second this is where the other ship arrives because it comes up. Because I thought, well, maybe the other ship comes up from underneath and she lands on Comes it. up like Marty McFly like and, the balloon and catches her. Yeah. I thought for Hits sure with the door, the she DeLorean. had a rope or something. And, she, and they just thought she was coming. Gone, and I've seen wasn't. this movie more than once. I and I was like, still, I was like, it'd be so much awesome if Anybody she, else if wonder the how ship they just yeah. picked this carriage up over land? How close are they to the sea? Because she jumped out and over water. Well, yeah, yeah. No, over clouds. Because she was in England still when they picked up her carriage, mm-hmm. and now they're over the Channel going back to France. This thing hauls ass, BTW. Apparently, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. We're going like eighty knots. cruising okay. speed. Hey, yeah. hey, they had to get there and back in five days. Yeah, and they're running on hot so air. They're running so. seven, eight hundred miles like, an hour. This is day number four. <laughs> oh, they got. They better get moving. All right, so um. So she walks the plank, and then Eros... Bugs must have really hurt when they were going. Oh, she, well, she commits suicide so that Athos wouldn't have to kill Shoot her. Shoot Or so they say. Because it would have been and too much on him. Aramis says, she, at least she died the way she lived on her own terms. Plus, watching your one of your good guys blow me and Jojo Vicious face off would be a much for the movie. Well, yeah. we go right from the this scary... Because if this is really, you know, 1682 or 1628 yeah. France, he's going to shoot yeah. her. But still... This is maybe a round bullet in the face. The yeah, because they don't really look down on that kind of thing then. <laughs> but this is maybe the most dramatic and serious moment of this entire movie, and mm-hmm. we go right from that to awkward flirting between Louis and Anne. Yeah, <laughs> as they have a pre-ball chat. Mm-hmm. Where and he's like, "You're gonna wear the diamonds, right?" Can we? And he says, "You're gonna love my balls." Can we talk about? <laughs> can we talk about the fish that the queen and her ladies were catching? Because that was cool. <laughs> that was kind of cute. They did look like they were having a great time. <laughs> They didn't have Xbox yet. So. Yeah. And she's very concerned that the diamonds won't arrive in time. And she just wants Louie to love her. They basically, I guess, were little mechanical fish you yeah. I'd wind up and put in the water and well, they go was, around. And they had little fake hooks. Fishing you can rods see when the, when the scene panned out, there was one of the musketeers, gentleman in blue, in the water. So he was like pushing. Oh, them. wow. <laughs> <laughs> so they may not even be mechanical. The guys that, just they might them be. They might be, but who knows? Wow, that's funny. 1625 France. It was man. really funny. If you ever, I love how like every time I say it, the year changes. But no. <laughs> I know you're gonna watch this again because it's a real good. Uh, so we'll get next time you watch it, just keep this in the back of your head. So watch when to the watch camera pans out because you can see him. He's standing I'll, knee deep in the, in the garden. The, uh, I need to watch it again just to listen to the predator scream. I miss that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of great stuff in here that you missed the first six times. <laughs> okay, so. We're back on the airship, and holy fucking shit balls! What's that? It's a fucking pirate ship. It's a because bigger, it's, stronger ship. <laughs> the Cardinal has his own airship. We see Rochefort. We see this. Okay, so I'm the Cardinal, and I'm building a war machine. Mm-hmm. And I want my figurehead to be a skeleton pirate king. That makes no sense. No, really. But he's a man of God. As t- much sense as tying her to the front of it. Tied to the figurehead is Constance. Yes. Which, I don't know and why, how but fast I think are they going to funny. catch him? Why don't you just have her tied to the mast or something? Or tied to the, just on the thing. But why they're tied on the front. They're meeting in, okay, so 
expert at navigators on both these ships because the Cardinals men were able to figure out exactly where they were because they because the Cardinals ship is coming from France and they're coming from England so they didn't have to catch them they just had to know what route they were taking and intercept them oh okay that's much yeah well, that, yeah that's much more logical and they had to know they would get the airship <laughs> look you also have to There's you also have too. to plan out zeppelin battles which ship battles are very difficult and now we're doing ship battles in the air for the first time and we're excellent at it and still you're right i this gotta is go an with, excellent scene <laughs> no hold up i gotta go with carly on this that they had to know that they were going to steal the war machine. <laughs> All right. That's amazing. <laughs> Look, Rochefort may not be able to competently That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But he's very intuitive. <laughs> very. Did he like, call Miss Cleo? Very, How did he figure this out? It's it's like like he doesn't matter. So he's got a bigger, more awesome ship, and he says, give me the diamonds. And they're like... Well, why would we do that? You're just going to kill us. Mm-hmm. But it's like we're still going to kill you. <laughs> but D'Artagnan has been got that kiss of love. Yeah. And apparently, beer flavored sh- uh, lips. Apparently, Cupid was in the back of that room and shot him in the butt. In the directly in the butt. Right in the tuchus. because he is. No, she like, shot him in the tallywack where he got him. We can't. We <laughs> have to. Him. We have to save Constance. Who cares about France? Who cares about France? Because we just did this whole thing for France. But who cares about France? We, Viva la France. It's not as important as this one woman who kissed me that one time. I was going to say, it would have been a lot cooler if he's like, no, <laughs> this is but, like my country versus this And girl. Athos, who just had to watch the love of his life commit suicide so as he didn't have to murder her, is like, you're right. Fuck France. We saved the girl. No, it would have been better if Porthos just shot her. From the- <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Now what? Yeah, but your heroes don't go around just shooting pretty girls. You know what? In 1642 France, they'd have shot her in the face. (laughs) (laughs) We have no idea what year it is. I do. It's 1625 to 1628. I knew it was coming up. You're very close. I've been right a couple times. I've been moving it. (laughs) (laughs) I jump around. I think think it's your tendency because of this technology. Let's move this up a little bit. It's 2517. It's 1890. Well, when we first started out, you were saying, 14th century, 15th century, 16th century. I've been jumping century, around a lot. Century. At one point, you went to the 18th century. Like, well, so it does have it has more zeppelins in it than Gotham City, so it's right. <laughs> Well, you know. So I mean, I'm telling you, Da Vinci at one point showed up, and he had been they propose, dead. <laughs> they propose an exchange. So is this the Hundred Years' War? Am I all? This awful? another thing. <laughs> I was like 200 years before. <laughs> was that whole? So they they put out their air bridge, their boarding bridge. Which I wouldn't have got on. That does not seem stable to me. <laughs> Here's the question. Well, it's never Did been used on another Zeppelin before. These are the first no, two Zeppelins. Like, Why would they know to have that? <laughs> okay, but did each ship have one and it met in the middle? No. Or was it just one that came off the car? It was one that came off the It was one that went all the way across. Yeah, that is fucking how, amazing. How, how, there's now, no way. Now, if we want to be silly, not silly, but <laughs> if we want to be I silly, suppose watch you this could movie. have it so you could go to Castle Tops or something. That would okay, be a good gang, place okay, to invade. Sure, yeah. But they used it to get to the other side, which means the other side had a place for it to <laughs> <laughs> sit on. And I'm like, all right, can we, can we hurry up with the Zeppelin fight? <laughs> because here's my thing. I go, well, you know what? I'm just going to shoot your balloon <laughs> and watch you sink. They do that later. Oh, we're going to get to that. I know, but the whole time they're like, we're going to shoot each other. We're going to shoot each other. We're going to shoot each other's ships. You know there's like a whole balloon up here? <laughs> that, like, Ortho should have like came out and oh shot it. Oh, my God. There, you okay. skipped ahead. <laughs> I might throw a knife at it. <laughs> 
You're, you're, a, you're in a fucking balloon. <laughs> it's been a long time watch since go. Tony got this angry at a movie. <laughs> we didn't watch this one together. Oh, no, so this is my first time hearing his thoughts, too. But so they exchange. So Constance comes from one end of the bridge and D'Artagnan go, has the diamonds and he goes on the other and they walk past each other and she should have said I love you or something or well, kissed him again. Looked at each other. They just looked, she looked scared to death like maybe she might fall off this fucking bridge because <laughs> there's you, no way I'd be like fucking shoot me I'm not walking across that. Well, because this is spaceships. <laughs> this is like somebody walking no, across no, two spaceships because she's like ships. I don't know what any of this is but I'm just going to walk across this I, narrow bridge. No they're not in space they're in sky. No, I'm just saying it's like a spaceship. This is For technology them. beyond everybody. Nobody's She's ever like, been in the there's, sky. there's machine guns and flamethrowers. I'm on a flying ship. I don't know what's going on. I'm just looking ahead and I'm walking across this plank. All right, so she comes across. <laughs> D'Artagnan comes across and they instantly knock him out and take the diamonds. Because what you do. And then the battle ensues. Now, this is really funny because... You may have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want you to stay. Something that I noticed, which I thought was really Just weird... Just say that's amazing. ...is <laughs> when the musketeers when fire at Rochefort, the cannonballs bounce off the side oh, of the ship. I did see that. That was weird. But when Rochefort fires at him, they, as cannonballs would do, tear into the fucking ship. You know what else would happen if you're on an airship and you shoot cannonballs? The ship would go to the left. Or it would go away. Because now there's propulsion. So guess what happens to the balloon? It goes away. Well, they have to beat the inertia the ships of the, would be getting further away. They have to beat the inertia of the thrusters. Ah, uh, yeah, you see, they're moving go. so fast. They're right. like 800 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh -huh. But so, we, so there is a. This is another one of those fuck you physics moments. There's an air battle. And the musketeers are losing because they're very outgunned by the cardinal ship. So then the Death Star And they're not as good at piloting zeppelins that were invented 15 minutes ago. <laughs> so they flee. I'm not. So they flee into a, a storm. A star convenient. Too. They flee into a convenient storm. Constance is like, we Mus go in there. We hide. <laughs> Which is also like a Star Trek thing when they always go into the nebula. Oh no, that's coming. That's coming. <laughs> Nebulas in this. When they go hide in the cloud. So they go because they're wounded. They, yeah, they go hide in the cloud because. And they have wounded. the Genesis device, and he starts turning it. Oh wait, that was that wasn't actually in this movie yet. Okay, so. That's too high tech. I'm not going to go through the whole battle, much like when John does an action scene. You just can't. So they flee. Too much going on. I'm sure they, it's on YouTube. They flee into the cloud, and then. It is. I watched it. <laughs> the cardinal says. The, or Rochefort says follow them and the pilot goes we can't follow them into the storm our shields will be useless and so, <laughs> oh, wait, so, no, let's start so he shoots him dead and said so does anybody else want to tell me how what to do or how to See, pilot the ship now or this is the most realistic thing they've done in the entire movie because that's what would happen and in 1628 so then they follow them into the cloud because I'm giving the yeah, 1628 and is as good as we're going to get much yeah. like any good Star Trek space battle they can't see each other. Mm -mm. So you shoot blindly. The sensors are down. And the lightning. Well, sonar isn't really working. <laughs> well. While they're in the cloud, lightning strikes uh, Richelieu's, or the cardinal ship, which allows D'Artagnan to escape and get the necklace. So now D'Artagnan has the necklace. And he also now he's really fast. Well, no, he escapes <laughs> yes. their custody. He's yes. <laughs> and then he beats up a bunch of dudes and runs and tries to hide. But Rochefort goes after him, and then they duel in the belly of the ship. A duel, then. Um, or fight for their lives. 
And then the musketeers get the drop on them, and then they puncture the balloon. And when we say get the drop on them, we mean come from above. <laughs> Quite literally <laughs> drop on them, yes. Exactly like Star Trek Two. And they and then they finally break out the fucking flamethrower of death. Pattern indicates two-dimensional thinking. And, uh, and they puncture the balloon, and they fire on the ship, and then fucking Porthos and Aramis jump off the ship and stab knives and into the balloon. stab knives into the balloon. Worst idea ever. Because you're jumping on the ship and you're puncturing the balloon. Guess what happens? You it's fall. <laughs> fast. I'm right. assuming... God, you hit what's I called terminal want, velocity. I don't want to defend this. <laughs> I'm assuming that there's compartments of air, so, you know... It's not like, like a one balloon. Kayak. It's like 80 balloons. Yeah. You know? Oh, you think so? I, I, I it hope so. It looks like one balloon to me. <laughs> it looks like one Otherwise, balloon. I'm shooting it once and going, bye. <laughs> Because what's going to happen now, even your one balloon, your several balloon theories, they're popping several of them because they mm-hmm. hit a section. Right, right. So this, guess what happens to the airship when several balloons pop? It it's falls down. Lower, but maybe yeah. it's not going to fall. Super I don't like, think they it went was down several the balloons. I think it was one. <laughs> they went down the middle. So even if this compartment, let's say there's 80 balloons, they popped a shitload of them. We're going to say about 30%. You lose thirty percent of your buoyancy, you sink. Oh, well, I saw Avengers. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> look. So we flash back. So then Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark's gonna come up. Very <laughs> quickly, some kind of electricity. Very quickly, we flash back to D'Artagnan oh, and Rochefort, and D'Artagnan says, "Are you scared to take me in a fair fight?" And Rochefort says, "Hardly. I just don't fight fair," which is a great line. It is a great line. He's and gonna shoot him again. He's gonna shoot him. <laughs> he's gonna shoot him. But thank God, enough air has been let out of the balloons that they sink and crash into a church. Now, is this church Notre Dame? Who knows? But they do look like they're right there outside. There was a Paris. hunchback hanging yeah, out they, looking. They have made it to Paris. That is official. But they crash into a church, so which saves D'Artagnan's life again. <laughs> the musketeers board the ship. Now this is this is when both ships thread onto this chapel because they this rammed chapel can hold the yes. weight of two ships on it yes yeah because okay. Just check. the ships are entangled because they rammed the ship no no i remember yeah yeah i'm more That's worried about uh, the strength of this small steeple holding up these uh, two ships damascus steel. well first oh, you're right first Lost it lands on the yeah. roof and then like stuff shifts some more battle ensues, and then it's like impaled upon the mm-hmm. steeple. Yeah, still doesn't matter. They wouldn't have been able to Which, hold those, but whatever. The Atlanta's cannonball there. could not penetrate the side of the ship, but the steeple can penetrate the underbelly. I'm just pointing it out. Damn English Oak. <laughs> but so, when they, when in the collision, mm-hmm. they fall down, and Artanian loses the diamonds. Yes, <laughs> and he's it seems to be temporarily unconscious. As Rochefort regains himself first, sees the diamond. And Which runs off. I would take a page out of a, Elaine's book. I just put them on. <laughs> they yeah, they both keep your hands free. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what kind of pocket situation they have, but just put them on. I don't know. Okay, so Rochefort leaves with the diamonds, and then D'Artagnan comes after him, and then we get a duel on the roof. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when they start to have their duel on the roof, where uh, are the diamonds? Rochefort just <laughs> tucks them into his belt like they're hanging half out of his pants. Yeah. He, this man does not have pockets. Mm. No, he doesn't. Oh, maybe there those no fancy pocket. clothes were He's like ladies' just, clothes today. Maybe. No pockets. <laughs> no pockets, yeah. No, they didn't have pockets because they all carried a belt purse. Yeah. They True. carried purses. Yeah. And that's Fanny why packs. ladies carry purses because if you have a purse, you don't need pockets. And that's why men don't carry purses because they all get to wear cargo pants, which have plenty of pockets. It's a goddamn pockets. fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> Sick son of a bitch. <laughs> so there's a duel on the roof. Who wins? And 
Dart- at one point, D'Artagnan falls, and you're thinking, he's going to die. He's hanging off a gargoyle. Is it the end? Well, oh. he, slashed, he slashes him quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Dar- D'Artagnan gets cut up yeah. like three or four times. Yeah, he's not doing and his well. Face. I mean, he's yeah, he's holding his own kind of. He's not this dying. Is like, it's, it's a 60-40 fight. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. This he's is losing. like the beginning of the um, Words. Inigo Montoya and the Six-Finger Man ah, fight, yeah. where Count Rugen is just stabbing him. But... Like in like Inigo, he pulls himself up off the gargoyle, whereas he because he slid down the roof and almost fell off, but grabbed mm-hmm. a gargoyle, pulls himself up, dusts himself wind. off, <laughs> and just as Richelieu gets down a set of stairs and is now on the same level of roof, because they were on the peak and now they're on a, I don't know, some sort of decorative. Bathroom. Doesn't matter. And it's then a ledge. The, they're on a ledge now. <laughs> and then D'Artagnan battles sure. back and manages to kill Rochefort. He stabs him in the pancreas? I don't know. This Ish. is this yeah. is a movie sword fight death, whereas mm-hmm. questionable anatomy was hit with a sword that probably wouldn't do that much damage. It wouldn't kill him right away. was instantaneous. <laughs> like, I thought he was going to stab him and, like, throw him off the roof to kill him, but no, he kills him by stabbing him in yeah. the but small And he just intestine. looks at the wound and is like... Oh, and falls. <laughs> I thought he was stabbing through the eye patch, you know, or something. But it's like, all the other guards apparently, I don't know, died, whatever, because somehow... No, no, this is like uh, all those movies like The Avengers, when you kill the mothership, they all just fall down. <laughs> so all, it's all like, the guards just fell so down. So it's like in The Great Wall, they killed the mother and, and the... Uh, all the little Tao-Tay, uh, yeah. All the tao yeah. just... I know, a bug just flew in my... Did a bug just fly in there? It's in there. And Thanos is like, damn, I'll just do it myself. Okay, so somehow, we don't get this scene, unfortunately... But somehow they untangle those They're two all gone. ships. <laughs> Half of them. They, but somehow they untangle the two ships and then they <laughs> fly the Buckingham ship to the palace and land the with a great <laughs> commotion. Okay. They use this commotion as a distraction for Constance. It's a diversion. To, to slip off with the necklace. We don't see that, but we have to infer that she's run off with the necklace. Good distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <clears throat> the sh- musketeers land and the cardinal says arrest these men and then the king comes up and says what the hell happened and Athos says well the cardinal wanted us to get you a gift here see we got you a gift and then what happened to it the king is like well thank you but um it looks to be a little damaged <laughs> <laughs> a little just a little and again Athos says well it was Rochefort the cardinal he was a spy for Buckingham and attacked us and and then he says that it was all discovered by the cardinal and, you know, hands him his piece of paper with the cardinal's signature that he got, signature, yep. that he got from Milady de Winter. That the cardinal uncovered this horrible plot against Rochefort and, you know, all this stuff. And the king is so grateful that the cardinal uncovered this traitor and Good got job. Him this great gift and how wonderful. And then Anne appears and, oh, she's wearing the necklace Yay. and all is well in Paris. And the king wants to dance with her. Oh. Yep. They and do look like they enjoy their dance. And they do the Charleston. Flirty, it's weird. A little fun. And they go and they have a very weird flirty dance. And um, the cardinal offers the musketeers a job. And they tell him, thanks but no thanks. Fuck off. And, and in the background in the you can see more ridiculous dancing. <laughs> but D'Artagnan gets the girl. Mm-hmm. Or at least another kiss. Yeah, the kiss. king and queen start to dance and they're kind of flirty. But D'Artagnan's like, look, we're going to make out. Yeah. <laughs> we're like out. And the king even says to D'Artagnan, it looks like we both got the girl. Which is just stupid. <laughs> so then we get... He was already married. 
So then. <laughs> so then. They've already had presumably a wedding. He visiting night. with his wife. <laughs> well, whatever. That's amazing. But so we get our musketeers leaving. Job well done. All for one, and one for all. And three for five. Mm. Credits. Await. Any post Not credits. credits. Post-credit oh. flash scene? Not credits. Oh. Because we see one Milady more. waterlogged Milady de Winter. Oh, Jesus. Waking up to the dulcet towns, er, sounds, towns, sounds of... Yeah. I said tried Of whatever. the Duke of Buckingham, who has fished her out of the channel. And he... Is coming to attack France. She fell from a great height and survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depends on the movie. And this, and this <laughs> she would hit me. that water hard. And this bothered me because you're on Unless the ship. Her dress created kind of like an umbrella. Oh, the, <laughs> the bustle. The bustle flared and slowed her down. Like one of those squirrels? Yeah. Squirrels. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tony. I didn't mean to. Oh, uh, no, no. That's. Why did this right. bother you? This bothered me because we're on the boat with. Um, Dread Pirate, Francie Pants, or whatever, <laughs> and uh, Alice, and we're like, okay, and then they pull away from the boat, and it's a fucking boat! <laughs> yeah. But, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I guess they don't have any more Zeppelins. No, because then in the background, they got 80 Zeppelins. I'm like, why are you not on a fucking Zeppelin? Because <laughs> otherwise, he wouldn't have been fishing around he in the had water. To, he had to come down, he probably came down on his ladder, okay, okay. to the boat. He probably was on a Zeppelin. Because they fished he her out, down. and they, I mean... They probably left yeah. it on the boat. And that was yeah, you're, his, right, you're right. I'm going to use this rocket pack to get I'm back less up there. Upset. No, no, no. He's just going to grab onto the ladder and they're going to pull him up. And it'll be just like Harley Quinn in Batman. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like in Justice. In, uh, it wasn't Justice. It was Suicide, suicide, suicide Squad. squad. Whatever. I'm sorry. We've done. All right. Well, great. So we know we'll be looking forward and to then Three Musketeers, too. Credits. Yeah, because this is set Any up day for now. a sequel that, that never had ever happened. happened. Right. Well, so, not, not yet. I mean, not, not yet. yet. Still could be any seven, day now. Seven years. Yeah, right. seven years is nothing. We never know. They, All right, well. I don't think they'll make a sequel to this. No, they won't because it didn't do that well. I don't know. Who knows? They made a Sharknado 6, so there's no telling. Hey. Yes, but those were, never mind. Those right. movies make fuck ton of money, I yeah. know. Sometimes they wait a long time to make a sequel. Yeah, Musketeers got a lot of health, Jack. I think we're <laughs> going to have to move on to new actors, though. So, make it. <laughs> I'm going to start... With John. All right. <laughs> I was hoping I'd go first this time. Yeah, I'm going to save Carly for last because I have a feeling... It, well, maybe I'll save Tony for last. I don't know. We'll go with John. Okay, so my favorite character, I, I thought about it, mm-hmm. and I'm going with Porthos. Okay. Because he just does cool shit. Mm-hmm. And he's always funny and entertaining. And most of the great good lines actor. in this are Porthos. Actor. Yeah. That guy's awesome. And I enjoy him. My least favorite character was going to be Buckingham. Because he doesn't. So good. Because he well no he doesn't do anything in the movie. He might as well be my favorite tertiary object. Yeah, he's he's a plot device. He's he's very. He's not really in it. I know. So my favorite tertiary object is Buckingham. (laughs) (laughs) And my least favorite character is King Louis. Okay. Because he's annoying, and he's supposed to be annoying. I get that, but I just want to kick him in his high heel shoes. Oh, a bit of a poofer. Yeah. My favorite line is um, from Constance, mm-hmm. which is a quote which is usually attributed to Shakespeare, but you can't find Shakespeare ever said this or wrote this or everything. Mm-hmm. In a battle of wits, you'd be unarmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, somebody named Longstreet was the first mm-hmm. one they could find who said there was a battle of wits and the boy was unarmed. Okay. The first time they've ever found that, but I really enjoyed that line. It's a good uh, line. It's a great line. 
What do I got to do now? Oh, Your my favorite scene. My favorite scene. My favorite scene is the war machine battle. Because they were just like, fuck physics. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck them. Oh, big big balloon. Let's put some holes in it and keep flying. On top of the other one. Mm-hmm. They just, they had no idea. But it was just, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yay this movie. Surprise. But you have to yay, watch this movie knowing it's just utterly ridiculous. Like, it is off the wall, balls crazy. Not a good version. If you want to watch a good Three Musketeer movie, you watch the Chris O'Donnell one because that's a better movie. This <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Do I go Tony or do I go Carly? Do I'm going to go, go with... No, I'm going to go... Do I Carly? Ooh, I think... A safe bet's probably going to be Carly. I think Tony might be really angry by this movie, so his might be really funny. So let's go with Carly. Okay, because <laughs> Carly's a lot less funny than Tony, let's face it. <laughs> My favorite character is Aramis. Mm-hmm. I like that he prayed for the people he killed. I wish we had seen more of the actual three yeah. musketeers in mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, they were because awesome. they were awesome. But very we, little, we didn't see very little musketeers. From <laughs> I feel musketeers like we're gonna have to give Car- sometimes when they leave, we send Carly and Tony home with movies. I feel mm-hmm. like we're gonna have to send them home with our copy of the Three Musketeers, the Disney <laughs> well, version of the Three Musketeers. Oh, okay. I think because we I definitely have that on DVD. Yeah, I think I have that. My least favorite character also King Louis. I think mm-hmm. I would. I get that he's supposed to be clueless, but I didn't need him to be so bratty. Like, why do I care if he mm-hmm. wins yeah. or not? Like, clueless would have been fine. Bratty is, yeah. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. just... I agree. Petulant. Um, my favorite line was... What's the Max... Mike, what's his name? Michael Madsen. Yeah, but what's what's the character's Ma- name? Uh, Mad Morgan. Rochefort? Yeah, Rochefort. Um, on the <laughs> ship, he says to... D'Artagnan, you know what your problem is, boy. You've read so many books, and now you start. Now you believe them. Courage, honor, all for one. But history isn't written by heroes; it's written by the victors. That's a good line. That is a good line. Oh, he's gonna kill him. My favorite scene is the uh, Ocean's Eleven <laughs> planning. <laughs> <laughs> so down the elevators, we can't move <laughs> past the guards. <laughs> Just because okay. it's fun and. Uh, then my favorite tertiary object was the uh, booby traps in the hallways. I just <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, more so the queens because there's are little bananas. But I just like <laughs> they're all bananas. <laughs> and I am going to. I'm torn between a high may bay and a low yay. This movie is silly. <laughs> you have to turn your brain off. Yeah. <laughs> and just want to have a good time without thinking at all. But if you can do that, then go ahead and watch it, and I'll do the soft J. The soft J, <laughs> all right. I'll take it. I enjoyed it. Now I already I wrote knew, it down. I love I that we have subcategories now. <laughs> and I said, I'm just going to just, and it, Tony was like, what do you think? I said, I want to hate it, but I had fun watching yeah. it. <laughs> How I yeah. felt about the Meg. <laughs> yeah. It's like this was utter crap, but it was funny, entertaining. Yeah. So. Okay, right, Tony. Oh me. Let us have it. Oh, he's why are you rolling up your sleeves, Tony? He's <laughs> it's showtime. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's this movie again? Okay. Favorite character, the Duke of Buckingham. Why? He's not in it. I've never so seen Orlando Bloom act before. <laughs> so he was chewing up scenery, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Because I've never seen him do that before. He does it a little teeny bit in the first Pirates movie, and then he just kind of goes cold for the rest of his acting career. But he was he was pretty funny in this movie. 
and he stole all the scenes that he was in for me anyway. Least favorite character was uh, the Cardinal. Uh, Richelieu. 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 Yeah, him. Favorite line, Aramis uh, says, uh, I know Aethos may seem cold and unfeeling, but and Porthos goes, well, he really he is, is cold and unfeeling. My favorite scene is the Bellagio scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite tertiary object is the monophilibit wires. <laughs> sure. All right. So this movie, the storyline's ridiculous. The misplacement of tech is unforgivable. <laughs> the dialogue is not particularly good. But however, every actor in this movie is awesome. Like, this cast is great. Mm-hmm. The only problem with this, real problem with this movie to me, besides physics, is <laughs> there's too many characters in this movie. And we, like you said, we don't get the, the um, yeah. musketeers enough. There's a but, whole bunch of characters that we only see for like five mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, but the... The acting in it is the, all the actors in it are great, and the, and they really charm the hell out of you. So I will yay the movie. Hey, whoa! whoa. It's a low yay. I love I'll it. take it. It's canon. Yeah. Uh, you got three low yays there, Something. by the way. <laughs> I don't you, care. They she, just she's gonna take them. A yay him. is a yay is a yay. You could have given it a may, babe, but look, you didn't. Well, you gave it a yay look, because if any, I think if any of the, I think if any of the parts of this movie had been different. It wouldn't be this movie. Like mm-hmm. if if the tech had been on point, we wouldn't have the cr- the cool crazy scenes. Mm-hmm. If the actors hadn't been the actors that they were, it wouldn't have been interesting. You know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. So this movie's ridiculous and it's crazy, but that's what makes it. Well, like what we've heard, a- ask any racer, any real racer. Doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. <laughs> Winning's winning. There you go. And I won because I got four days. <laughs> um, something about this movie, like you said, the actors are all goodness. They're all they're all trying. Like yeah. a lot of times when you see, sometimes these, they phone it in. Yeah, ridiculous. Nobody phones in this movie. Yeah, sometimes with these ridiculous action movies, there's some actors will be trying really mm-hmm. hard and will be given a good performance because they're just like, all right, whatever, I'm in, and others will just be so flat. And none yeah. of them are flat. They're all. And almost everybody in this movie is a secondary character in any other movie that they'd be in. Mm-hmm. But they're all great in this movie. They're all basically character actors that mm-hmm. some have some have gotten out of that and some so, haven't. All right, well, Elaine, let's, let's get your keep going here. All right, so my favorite character is Porthos. I think he's hey. my favorite. I almost went for Aramis because I really like him too, but Porthos is... It's hard to pick between them, yeah. mm-hmm. the musketeers. He's my favorite musketeer. He's my, not even my favorite <clears throat> Porthos. My least favorite character <laughs> is D'Artagnan. I don't... I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like the way he, this particular D'Artagnan was played. I like him to be not quite so much of a douche. ignorant douchebag. Douche. Douche, yeah, it's French. Like, I, I like slightly more naive rather than ignorant, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like if Chris O'Donnell... Yeah, done it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but he's he's not my favorite. If Oliver Platt was Porthos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite uh, scene is the uh, war machine battle. Yeah, see, that's fun. It's so good. It's ret- it's amazing. It's so yeah, good. It's, it's you just, something. I can't describe it. I won't do it justice. You should just all watch it because. Or watch Star Trek too. <laughs> yeah. Also, great movie. Same, same point. Um, they have to yell con. <laughs> my favorite tertiary object is the queen's neck ruffle, which is just so silly and stupid. And it makes me... It's so funny because every time I see one of those ridiculous neck ruffles that's not attached to the outfit, mm-hmm. I always feel like they're trying to cover up some horrendous neck injury. 
But you had a bunch of hickeys, didn't you? <laughs> just the style, but I just think it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I almost picked the rotating gun cur- turret on the... Um, that, was that, was, that was something pick, else. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were both circular and ridiculous. So, um, my favorite line is, and no more quarreling with the Cardinals guards or there will be no more of them. Because <laughs> it's true. just funny. Um, I really enjoy this movie. One of the reviews I said is that this is if you just want to enjoy a movie, this is an enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. And I just want to enjoy a movie. I'm not looking for a deep, in-depth um, period uh, mm-hmm. period piece. I just want to enjoy a movie, which I do. You need movies like this sometimes. You know? So, um, oh no, John's writing me a note, and I just realized I've totally forgot to do something. Oh so, no, that's great. But so, so I'm gonna finish. hate this movie because it's good and everyone should see it because it's just a fun good time. It's not the greatest Three Musketeers movie, but, but it's, it a, fun definitely it's not. a fun one mm-hmm. and it's All definitely right. underrated. All right. But is it better than Man in the Iron Mask? Ooh. Yes, because that movie Stay is Stay tuned next week to find out. Carly. <laughs> okay. Please find us at Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs, and on Twitter at unmovie podcast. Can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and listen to all of our previous episodes. We'd love to hear from you. And she does have that a note, Tony. See that? Yeah. It's like a I'm song. start giving her my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and next week. On the podcast. It's, it's John's pick. And I have I had a movie that I was all picked out, <laughs> and then some recent events happened, and oh. I had to change on, on a oh, dime. Oh, shit. Burt Reynolds passed away. Oh, that's true. The right. great Burt Reynolds passed away. I was away. hoping your recent events weren't us talking about the man in the iron <laughs> <laughs> No, because I was, I was originally going to pick another Mila Jovovich movie and keep that going. Yeah, I, I was going to pick a res, I was going to pick a Resident Evil movie. Um, I was trying to figure out which one. I was probably going to do one. Yeah, that's the best. But I decided, you know, Burt Reynolds passed away, so I'm going to honor the great Burt Reynolds. Hmm. And I'm going to honor him by picking a movie that is underappreciated, Cannonball Run. Nice. Ooh. I've never seen it. I love well, that movie. You'll love that. I mean, maybe we'll see. Is underappreciated? Uh, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I mean... I love that movie. It didn't... <laughs> it, <laughs> is that it the one with a, Roger Moore, or is it the second one that has Roger The second one has Roger Moore. <laughs> okay. I must warn you, I'm Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> the second one also has Frank Sinatra. I was going to pick that one because you could win with either one. Yeah. But I decided... Jackie I'm gonna... Chan's the first one. Jackie Chan's he's the in second. both. Yeah, he's in both. Oh, is he he's in both? He's in both. Okay. Um, they're both... Tony Danza's in the second one. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> the first one is way better than the second one. No, they're both awesome. Is, no. uh So it's Frank and... Um... No, Dean and Sammy are in both. both. But in the second one is okay. Frank. Which one is the... They're not fathers. They're mothers. Yeah, that's the, the first one. That's the first one? Okay. Because they're... I love that memory. Yeah. I'll tell you, priests. I'm going to have the hardest time picking a favorite character. I'm lying. It's Dean Martin. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but, yeah. Dean Martin? It's not Dom DeLuise? Dun, dun, dun! Carly, you're going to understand that, and it's going to be great. Cat- so, okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I decided to pick that. 